Today, we bask in the light of mustachioed greatness. You know, back in December when I was drunk as shit during Christmas, I would have told you that we live in dark and depressing times. But I was wrong. Now, I could tell you that we live in dark and depressing times. And you know what I've been doing to get me by? I've been listening to comedians. Comedians have a way of speaking the truth, even the darkest truths, but in a way that doesn't make you feel like absolute shit. That's what mustachioed legend Richard Pryor did for his entire career. The dude mastered all comedy, from political to race relations to improv to insult comedy. The dude is quite possibly the most legendary stand-up comic of all time. Pryor has been in a ton of movies, but today we are talking about 1980s Stir Crazy. Why? Because him and Gene Wilder are dressed as woodpeckers on the poster, and that spells funny. Now play that shit theme song. It's the Mustachio Podcast, you. We're ready for the show. We'll watch moves, we'll make some jokes, and then we'll all go home. Navigating the legendary hairy upper lips. It's the Mustachio All right, welcome to the Mustachio Podcasto. I am your host, Daniel Segura. I have known today's guest since back in my high school days. The man is what you call a triple threat. He's an incredible percussionist, a hilarious stand-up comedian, and a great host on his own podcast called the Baba Korakor Barbacoacor podcast. <laughs> I haven't caught up with him in a long time, and it looks like we've both expanded our minds, our talents, and our wastes since high school. Welcome to the Mustachio Podcastio, Patrick Huerta. What's up, man? How you doing? How's it going, brother? That shit was hella impressive. I was like, oh shit, I'm not ready for this anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> you came in like fucking red hot. I was like, ah, what? What's, <laughs> what's funny is it's good to be here, man. Thanks for thanks for having me on. Uh, I haven't done a lot of other people's podcasts, so it was kind of like, I think this is my first time kind of being on the other side, and I got to tell you, it's hella awkward. <laughs> 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 I used to do that exact same thing, like do the intros live when people were sitting right across from me, and I, I was just, hey, just just shut up, don't say anything, and, and then I just go, and I was like, they're the greatest, they're the funniest, they're the best person around, and, and he's like, dog, yeah, you built me up way too much, <laughs> but uh <laughs> Hey, you got you got to do what you got to do, but man, like that was that was pretty good. That was pretty Thanks, good. man. I actually love the awkwardness of introducing someone. I honestly wish you were in front of me because I like to see in your eyes the uncomfortable feeling that you're for sure. having. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. <laughs> but yeah, it's a good time, man. Yeah, it, uh, I just was uh, listening to your podcast today. You know, just checking it out, and I. I freaking love what you do like i really like that you are really great at listening you know all these qualities that i don't have you're good at listening you're funny <laughs> <laughs> so yeah man i'm glad it's been a long time since we've actually caught up i i have known you since way back when you were what were you a senior when i was a freshman in high school uh i don't know i graduated 2000 i think i think i was a junior when you came yes in. Yeah, yeah, you must have been a junior and I was a freshman, so everyone knows that he is older than me and falling <laughs> more apart than I am. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's been a long time, man. Like you've had quite a journey. Like, I mean, I listened to the episode, I want to say maybe episode sixty eight of your show where you started talking about like your 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 musician journey, man. Like I had no idea you were out in Seattle and yeah. you were like freaking rocking it out there. I was like, holy shit, man. You really like 
you fucking you live that life man i tried so hard i just i just wanted that so bad and it didn't work out obviously you know i'm here doing your podcast so um <laughs> <laughs> but no man yeah uh like music i mean we, we were music nerds that's how we met we were uh, in band together in a marching band together yeah. uh you know and uh so yeah, man, I really wanted to pursue that, and I, I lived in Austin for a little bit, and Austin really sucked, you know. Like it was like a lot of pretentious people uh, when it comes to, like to music and art and stuff. I'm pretty sure it's changed since then, but um, I had the opportunity to move to Seattle. Did that for almost uh, almost ten years. Wow. Uh, off and on, I came back to San Antonio for like a, a year to like lick my wounds and kind of heal myself because I had a really <laughs> bad, I had a bad tour where I fucking lost a shitload of money and I lost all my jobs, and I came back and uh, I couldn't afford to live in Seattle because Seattle's very expensive. And, oh man. Uh, yeah, I came back to San Antonio, moved back to Seattle to join uh, a friend of mine's bands, and uh, did a couple more tours, some more studio work. And then uh, came home, came home because uh, it's it's a struggle, dude. I mean, you've you're in bands, you've been in bands and stuff, and and there's different yeah. levels to how serious you want to take it, whether you want to go on tour or do all that like struggle stuff. But like nobody realizes, like it's fucking tough. Like you have to want to sacrifice everything, and. Exactly. Um, like it's funny like the band that i that i quit the last time he who was oxus gourd um they're good friends of mine their family my brothers my sisters um they're just now right before like the corona popped off they're just now hitting their strides and again getting onto websites and labels and and tours like they're just and that's 10 years that's 10 years in you know (laughs) and so and so they had the grind and and i i support all their success i I wish them nothing but the best and stuff but if 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 that runs out it takes a toll on your fucking on your fucking uh mental state oh man especially and then especially now like i think being and being a musician and being in stand-up comedy is difficult right now your your livelihood is is getting in front of people and being in public venues and right now with the way things are it's very difficult but aside from all that i know that's difficult right now when did you start getting into stand-up comedy was that was that like two or three years ago or is that even longer like further uh, back well, well yeah it was about it's about three years um more more or less um nice. yeah like growing up i mean we were all we were all funny silly kids you know especially yeah. like you know you were you were a funny cat you know you know we hung around uh, a lot uh in high school and stuff everybody's funny in high school everybody's just trying to be silly and shit yeah and so we're we're all growing up. We, we all see like uh, comics and stuff, but we all see them on TV, and you just realize like, oh, are you just you assume like that they're just actors? You can't do that. Nobody nobody could just do that. And uh, so I just never never thought about it. I mean, I was fans of all these stand up comics. Never thought I could do it because I'm very introvert. I don't like a lot of people paying attention to me. That's why I play drums in the back. You know, I let the <laughs> drums do the talking, and I'm just there sitting there sweating and. Yeah, I'm just waiting for everybody to clap when I'm done uh, not having a heart attack. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I I was kind of like going back and forth of whether or not to quit music, you know. Um, yeah. That's a tough decision, man. It's it's tough, man. It's tough. And I don't I don't like not moving. I don't like not uh, having a project that's constantly like taking steps towards a direction, right? 
So um, I quit the last band that I was in. They're still good buddies of mine, but I just quit. And uh, I started getting back into like trying to do solo projects. I tried to do electronic projects, and that's not fun. I didn't like doing music by myself. Yeah, it's um, weird. It's weird. Yeah, it's it's tough, man. Because I, I realized that I liked the whole band thing for the whole like group vibe of it, the creating something with your with your buddies. Uh, exactly. And, uh, so, so what happened is I was looking at. Um, I stopped playing drums for a while, and then I started trying to get back into it. And I started seeing these uh, these music open mics where they have the um, the backline for you. So mm-hmm. like you, all you do is show up, and they have the drums, they have the amps, they have they have everything, right? Yeah. So my goal was to just go and then just meet people to jam with, you know, because I sold my drum sets. I don't like holding on to stuff that I'm not using, so I sold all my shit. Wow. At, yeah. So I didn't have anything. I I couldn't just call anybody and say, hey, let's let's jam because I didn't have anything. So I saw like in in uh, the current, you know, open mic backline provided all this stuff. And then I started looking into more of them and I was, they started saying like poetry and comedy. And I was like, comedy? Like, what the fuck is that? You know, what the fuck is that about? <laughs> yeah, and so yeah. that, I mean, I, that's when I realized that they have open mic comedy here. And that's when I kind of like started looking to, into that. And I totally forgot about the, that I was looking for bandmates. And then I just started watching these local open mic comics. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's fucking crazy. You like, this is how it starts. It's not just actors in Hollywood and it's all, you know, all that stuff. And yeah. then uh, just, just checking it out and then started writing. And um, yeah, so after I discovered it, it was about another year before I actually went up and uh, performed uh, open mic comedy for the first time. I feel like that was a good idea because it you don't you're probably you know you're probably gonna bomb a couple times, but you also don't want to completely bomb your first time. I feel like like maybe if you prepare, for, I don't think anything really prepares you for it. But no, I, it's, it's, you know? so, it's so fucking scary. It's so fucking scary. You know, and that's why like I I stayed with I stayed at drums because drums is a is a group activity as far as like creating music as a band i never wanted to do singer songwriter stuff because then then again that's the opportunity for me to be up there by myself and fuck that right yeah so (laughs) it was just it was just so fucking crazy to me that people were just going up there local like local comics you know they're just getting off their nine to five and then they're going to sign up at this bar and then they go up and they talk shit for five minutes and i'm like oh man that's that's fucking amazing that's fucking amazing and so it took me about like a year or so uh, to just ride and just go into the open mics every now and then. And then even when I did sign up, I would sign up and then take off. <laughs> like I, like I, wouldn't, I wouldn't stick around for them to call my name. That's like a guy that goes to a whorehouse and chickens out. Like for, he's like, yeah, he's like in Thailand. Sure. <laughs> for sure. And you got you, you keep in mind like this whole year, I'm just riding and I'm talking to myself on the car, on the car ride to work and stuff. And I'm like, tonight's night. I'm going to fucking do it. I'm going to fucking do it. And uh, <laughs> no, just a year of that. And then, <laughs> and then finally going up, my first time going up uh, was at Martini bar on West Avenue in San Antonio. Yeah. And yeah. It, was, it was a poetry comedy mic. So I'm following somebody who's just talking about like, like a miscarriage and all this stuff and the poetry, <laughs> you know. So it rhymes, you know. They have. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to laugh at that, but that's crazy but, like, to think just about. Deep. Oh man, like talk about pressure, right? So she finishes that. Everybody's like, "Oh, that's deep. Thanks for sharing." 
you know, quiet, somber room and shit. And like, all right, now we're going to do comedy. <laughs> and I go up and I just do all these fat jokes and dick jokes and take my wife, please. And, uh, oh God. And, and they're digging it. Like, they're fun. And like, I even like stop in the middle of my five minute set. I was like, oh man, this is going good. And some guy in the back, he goes, cause we're drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're supposed to say that in your head, bro. You're yeah, not supposed yeah. to say it out loud. Yeah, and but it was good. My first time going up was good, and I was like, "Oh, that's fucking amazing! I'm gonna do this again tomorrow." And you, before well, before all this popped off and stuff, you could find a, a mic, uh, at least one mic, uh, a night uh, in in the city around San Antonio. And so I went the next day to a different mic, a different bar, bombed crickets. Oof. And it was so crushing, and I got I I did my time, and I got out of my car, and I cried on the way home, and I was like, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> and um, oh, every and stand-up so I, com, I feel like every stand-up comedian has a lot of those. Like they yeah. come through, but that first one, I would imagine, is the first one was amazing. I, I was like, is it always gonna be like this? Yes, sign me up. I want that all the time. And then the second time, bomb Just like boom. crickets. And and to be honest, like a lot of these mics, for the most part, they're just around to two other comics and other comics. They don't really laugh at other comics, you know, like they just don't. They're just there to, to get their mic time and do all that stuff. It's kind of like with the band thing. Like if you if exactly. you didn't really go and you start slam dancing, listening to the bands that you're playing at with the, at the same show, you know, like you you maybe stood and watched and gave them a clap or something. But yeah, exactly. it's just, it's just exactly. one of those things. Uh, so for a while I was just, I was, I would, I'd stopped for a couple of months. I was like, I'm done. The dream's over. Uh, I'm just going to wait to die. And, uh, <laughs> you know, that's just, you know, that's life, you know? Yeah. And then, uh, I was like, I couldn't, I couldn't get, get, get out of my system. And I had already started the podcast because b- before this, and I started the podcast so I could meet other comics and stuff. Uh, because as, as we mentioned ahead of time uh, or earlier on, I'm old as fuck. So a lot of a lot of these comics, uh, comedy is is a young person's game. Yeah, it's sure. a young man's game. Yeah, and so you have like these twenty year old somethings or others, and like if they're in my age range, they've been in the game for like at least eight years. So I was like, I'm kind of like coming in very late. I was very aware of that I knew that was that was you know the the thing that I had to deal with. So I was like, oh, let me just start this podcast to, to promote other comics, meet other comics, and and do all that stuff. Uh, so I was still doing that and then taking breaks here and there from doing comedy and then fast forward to like five months in and I did this, uh, there's this podcast, uh, out of LA actually called Kill Tony and okay, cool. what they do is, uh, they, they tour around, they were in San Antonio, they were doing a tour podcast and, uh, they call up randomly out of a bucket and, uh, you get 60 seconds to go up on stage uh, do 60 seconds of material and then they'll either roast you they'll critique you or they'll interview you try to make it entertaining and fun whatever and so kill 20 came through san antonio and i signed up and uh the show they were about to wrap up the show all the stuff and, and he does this thing to get the crowd back you know like do you want one more person and i was like yeah and sure enough they, he called me up he called me up uh did was supposed to do 60 seconds, did 45 seconds of <laughs> material. <laughs> and then I, I like I did my whole thing. And I was like, thank you, good night <laughs> to the crowd after 45 <laughs> seconds. And he and I look at the host and he's just looking at me. He's like, that's it? Yeah, are you done? <laughs> and I was like, 
Yeah, and oh, cause the thing is, I was in the farthest uh back of the, it's at LOL, and it's a big like uh, uh airplane hangar type of theater type thing. Yeah, yeah. So I'm in the back, back, and so when he calls me up, I'm fucking running, and I'm a big guy. I've always been a big guy, so by the time I get to the stage, I'm out of breath, right? <laughs> and I was like. Don't be out of breath. Don't be out of breath. Don't be out of breath. So that's what I'm focused on. So I'm doing my bits. Bang, 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 bang. Thank you. Good night. And uh, did did pretty good for 45 seconds, you know? Yeah, man. Sometimes and, that's all you need. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, they did the interview. Interview was pretty funny. And then they did this thing where they, they, they have this called the Mexican drum off because they have a band that travels with them. And they do a Mexican drum off. It's it's a fixed competition, but like if anybody says they could play drums, then they challenge the drummer that they have with uh, with the group uh, for his job. You know, it it's a fake thing, but yeah, uh, that's fine. So I got got to play drums, did a drum solo. Um, Could have done better. And then the the drummer that they had comes out in his underwear and fucking kicked my ass on drums and uh, <laughs> wrapped up the night. Everybody said good good job. You know all this stuff. And uh, after that night, it, that night was fucking electric. It was a sold-out show at LOL. I got to do comedy, had a good interview, uh, played drums in front of these people. So I was just fucking, like, lit up. I was Holy fucking lit shit. up. And since then, uh, every night, doing comedy every night, going out every Dude, night. Dude, man. Well, I'm yeah. freaking proud of you, man. Like, I think I think it's it takes some some fucking balls to go out there and, and do what you want to do. And especially when you, you get the itch a little bit later in life and you've, you've put so much time and, and effort and, and, and work into, into music, but you're now you're trend, you're sort of transitioning all that passion that you had and, and all that work ethic that you have already. And you're putting that into comedy. So I think, I think that's awesome that you found a, another outlet and it's not like, it's not like music's going anywhere. Like I just picked up my trumpet, so I played trumpet back when we were in marching band. I picked yeah. up my trumpet a couple of days ago. So it yeah. doesn't really go anywhere, but you're right. If you have a project in mind, um, you really want to focus on that and put that effort toward that. So I, I think it's awesome that you, you found stand-up, man. That's that's dope. No, nah, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. I mean, it, it sucks that this, this uh, shutdown happened, and we're trying to do shows every now and then. I, I've done a couple of outdoor shows. Uh, but with, with comedy, it's like you, you have to practice, you have to practice. And once you stop for a while, it's hard to get back in, especially for me only being like three and a half years in. Um, so the few shows that I've had has, have been kind of rough. Um, so it's just hard to get back into it. And they, they do online shows, but I'm not down with that. I just think, I think that's kind of ridiculous. I just rather do, do podcasts, other people's podcasts, my own podcast, and then, uh, when the opportunities arise, like fucking, I'm down to do it. Yeah, you know? man. Yeah, hopefully things open up soon so that way you can get out there and, and I can go see you, man. Uh, maybe yeah. you'll come out to LA too. That would be dope. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. For sure. All right, man. Well, today we are uh, going to be talking about Stir Crazy. Uh, I have never seen this movie when i asked patrick if he wanted to be on the show he said any richard Pryor movie so i just sort of basically through google closed my eyes and pointed my finger at whichever movie and it turned up stir crazy and i saw the cover and i was like that's a funny ass cover i gotta see what this movie's all about and it yeah. is a adventure <laughs> yeah it's, a, it's, it's an a, adventure. It's a great movie, man. I I I love Richard Pryor and and uh, and Wilder together. I love buddy movies, but I like like two buddies. I don't like four buddies or a group of buddies. You know, it's it too much. Yeah, yeah, it's just too much. 
and and they're really good together. I think this was like their second movie together, uh, but they, they they have like really good chemistry. And so I was I was pretty stoked when you picked up this movie because man, like you said, this came out in the eighties, and back then you didn't have DVRs, you didn't have all that stuff, so you just saw piece bits and pieces here and there. Yeah, I didn't see a full movie until like I got like uh, cable or DVR or any of that stuff. Uh, so it was it was <laughs> nice to finally see the movie front to back. Hell yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah dude. This is a fun one. Same here. I was surprised. Now, everyone, if you decide you want to go see Stir Crazy before we break down this movie right now, uh, definitely go check it out. Um, but just let just to let you know, it is an hour and 50 minutes. So you, yeah. you <laughs> yeah. put a little spit, you know, make sure you got some time. You know, we just, you know, you're probably at home anyway. So just put yeah. in the time and check out the movie. But uh, we're going to go. It's an hour ahead. and 50 minutes, but it doesn't need to be. It really doesn't need to be. It They're doesn't really need gonna- to be. <laughs> they could have really done this in like an hour and a half, like <laughs> tight. It would have yeah. been a fucking tight movie if they did an hour and a half. But this 150, man, I don't know, man. Yeah, Let's I see. feel like um, Pryor and, and Wilder were like, these bits are too good to cut. Let's just keep them all. Yeah. <laughs> Excited to keep every single freaking bit they did. So we're going to go ahead and uh, break this movie down. This is what I call the movie breakdown. Da 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 da. Movie breakdown. All right, so the opening music to this movie is uh, quite pleasant. First thing we hear is Gene Wilder, who starts singing, and it makes my fucking icy dead heart melt. Uh, <laughs> we see. I just love. I mean, so my first, you know, I think a lot of '90s kids, but one of my first memories of Gene Wilder is obviously Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. For sure, yeah, man. yeah. <laughs> so hearing him sing is just like, oh my god. <laughs> It's so nice. And uh, we see the magic of New York as a homeless woman blows her nose on a I Love New York sweater and a dude pissed off about a cab picking up a lady instead of him kicks her out and then a dude yeah. helps a lady with her heel and fills her up i guess <laughs> yeah it the opening scene is very weird first off the song he's talking about how much he loves new york he's like it starts off with fuck california yeah <laughs> new york is where it's at like new york is the beautiful place is the place i want to be and then it shows like you said it shows a girl like a, a old lady picking up and like rubbing her nose uh on a i love new york thing <laughs> it it shows this asshole guy kick out this woman and it's it's a really like anti-man poor woman type of situation when it comes to like the, the opening scene you know he kicks her out of a cab that he wants yeah yeah right? and, he, and <laughs> yeah. she's just like fuck you but he still gets the cab he still wins yeah right? he technically won there and then, like as you mentioned, like this guy that was trying to help this this woman who got her heels stuck in in a grate. And I, first off, why are you gonna walk on a grate? Yeah, like, avoid that shit. Like even even I wear flat shoes and I walk around grates. I always think that the grate's gonna open up or maybe like I'm gonna fall through. <laughs> so I just walk around it. But if I was wearing heels, I would definitely avoid those blocks that could catch your heel. Yep. And it did. It caught her, and then that guy uh, caught a feel, and she knocked the shit. Yeah, she left herself vulnerable, and uh, then she had to take care of business. So you know that's that's the way it goes in New York, apparently in the 1980s. And uh, after that, we see, and you might not know this, Patrick, but my my the mo- a lot of the movies I cover for some reason have a lot of what I call rich whites, and we may yeah. have just <laughs> broken the rich whites record because we have an entire table of them, and I mean a table the size of like the 1989 Batman movie when he's asking Vic. Vel to pass the salt it's like a full-blown 
amount of people and prior is serving people at the table and they're all excited and shit about eating like getting seconds and the main lady wants to eat more salad yeah and, they're having a good time yeah I, I'm, I'm already kind of like okay why are they so excited about eating more so i was already a little suspicious but as we move on through the scene we see that uh the two cooks in the kitchen are uh are cooking up and the main chef tastes the sauce and she feels like there isn't enough oregano so the other cook grabs oregano to add more to the sauce but the chef notices that there is that this isn't the oregano they normally use it turns out she got it from the server's bag which is of course enter richard pryor <laughs> They took, yeah. they took his mota. <laughs> yeah, which is like so funny. Like everybody's like, oh, it's not weed. It's oregano. It's, it's oregano. And then they use that bit in there. <laughs> yeah. But is it not in a season container? It's, it's in a season Yeah, he like this. Like it looks exact. <laughs> and he's like, how can you do this to me? He was like, dude, you put it in the season <laughs> container. Like what do what, what, you think was going to happen, you know? Yeah, man. You got to put it in a baggie. You got to make that stuff look like, like you got to make sure people realize that that is your stash because they cooked like half of his stash and he's super pissed off oh yeah he says something about it being a legendary 1965 african ganja from the motherland (laughs) (laughs) but uh, like it's it's good it's good shit and you think if it was good shit you wouldn't put it in a a season container like thing exactly uh, to avoid that whole uh he screwed himself and then we see we move on to gene wilder and he's at he's like at a department store mall and this woman is walking and he wants to talk to her this is when we realize that gene wilder's character is just going to be absolutely bonkers the entire fucking movie <laughs> he's yeah. like it's like he's on uh ketamine or something <laughs> he's just super hype and very positive and weird and he's asking her like oh I, you're an actress right and he's like my name's skip donahue and he's a playwright so he, he you know he can considers himself a man of the arts he saw her at some workshop and he wants to tell her how good she was but she's like hey get the hell out of the way or i'll kick you in the nuts i think she even tells him something like um at first she says up your kazoo she's like (laughs) she's like up your kazoo (laughs) i'm like wow that's uh i've never heard that one before but (laughs) yeah (laughs) and he liked that he thought oh we're flirting this is us flirting you know like that's that's nice you know a little back and forth you know yeah (laughs) and then she says that uh he well he says that he thinks that she's shoplifting and he he, so i guess he's like an undercover store cop at the department store and then we're back with prior with the cooks and um they're like trying to figure out because the main chef is like she's freaking out because she's worried that the main head of the household that that uh that she works for is going to be firing her after all this and the other cooks like tell her that maybe that it was the wine and prior is still extremely pissed off so (laughs) so it's really not going anywhere i think he even says something like uh one joint of it put southern california to sleep in 1965 there was a revolution but we missed it (laughs) yeah it's that good we were all asleep (laughs) (laughs) that was awesome I we and I I think I will never I won't do any of the bits justice in this movie, but I will try my best. But the bits throughout this entire movie are bonkers. Like there's a lot that you can't. There's not even lines. It's just them doing crazy weird shit, and it's like hilarious, but it's hard to explain. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's a lot of like very small like throwaway just jabs, just quotable back and forth type of things, and we'll get back we'll get into that a little bit later. But yeah. there's like so many of them. Like it's very good writing. 
and yep. uh, it's, just, it's just very very funny and stuff but like if, if you blink you'll you'll miss it which is weird like it's like again it's two hours long but which you might check out here and there but if you stick with it you're gonna you're gonna have a good time yeah it kind of reminded me i i covered cannonball run a few episodes ago and that's another uh-huh. one where it takes a few extra watches to catch every joke because there's just so many coming at you at yeah. the same time a lot of one-liners so yeah this is definitely up that alley uh and where we end up back with wilder and he's telling he's back at the department store he's telling this lady that she stole a dress and that she threw it away and that she just she's not wearing anything under her coat and she gets pissed off and walks away and now we're back at the dinner table and there's a priest there and i guess he's you know obviously everyone is super high he accidentally puts his hand on this lady's leg that's next to him and she's says something like oh it's okay like you can leave it there and then she asks him this is one of the most weirdest exchanges because i was like wait what's going on she says do you get much and then the priest responds with not too often and i was like holy crap are they gonna make like a kid diddling joke here like, yeah, yeah, not yeah. too often, but he actually just thought she meant wine, apparently. <laughs> yeah, because he 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 doesn't know what he's feeling. He's like, man, this I feel great. I mean, it yeah. must be the wine. And then she, he thinks like, oh well, she's asking, well, do you do you get much? He's like, no, not not too often. <laughs> and, and, and prior, and that's that's an, that's one that prior's like, oh, that's not what she meant. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, and that's another one, like where he's he's in the scene and he you're just you look at his face and he's absolutely hilarious as well. So it's he, there's a lot of nonverbal hilariosity throughout this whole movie yeah and um now we're in a in a restaurant and there's a there's a lady dancing around the jukebox you know it's 1980s so but the music still kind of sounds 70s ish (laughs) and uh, which this is a great example like no no, nothing against women dancing in bars and stuff but that scene that it was like a good two three minutes of just watching her dance and like like she had no reason to be in there you know no not really no that that was really to like to let the uh, that that was a little something something for the guys in the theater, I guess. They're like, hey, hey, you want to see a lady dance? And uh, <laughs> here's my here's my theory. Going into it, when they started re- like uh, recording, filming the the movie, they're like, we don't have enough uh to make this a full feature so let's do all this stuff and they started adding and adding and adding and then when they get to the end scene they're like oh we have too much (laughs) because there's so much that they could have taken out yeah that that was that was a good scene you show they show uh prior checking checking her out he's really into it he's like really uh and stuff just watching her dance and, and stuff yeah he's watching her dance he's looking super you know he's getting into it and then wilder comes in and he he tells he tells prior like i just got fired today and prior lets him know i also got fired too and so then wilder gets all like hype about it. he's like are you kidding me are you serious and he says like, for this the- is a great sign this <laughs> is on the same day at the same time like yep he's all happy and he's like for the first time in our lives we are free free to walk out in the cold free to <laughs> oh and oh and so yeah. prior tells him like oh so we're free to walk out in the cold we're free to be roadkill <laughs> yeah, free to starve <laughs> <laughs> but wilder he's using it as an excuse to like hey let's get out of the city let's let's go somewhere else let's find a different place and then yeah. all of a sudden so th- this is one of those things like patrick was saying there's a lot of moments in this movie didn't really need to be there but all of a sudden a fight breaks out from this like little chicano dude oh, yeah <laughs> a- another thing that had like nothing to do with anything no not really it's just a bit <laughs> like yeah this little dude fighting a rich white we have another rich guy and oh wait wait well, hold on go back because okay so the the woman dancing at the jukebox goes up to 
to Wilder. Oh, that's right. She does go up to them. Yeah. Skip, right? And gives him a kiss. And she's like very into him. Real, just saying hi and bye, but a very in, in into him. Hi and bye. And prior, who, Harry, he's like, why didn't you introduce us? Why didn't you introduce us? And Wilder's like, you know, she's not the person that you think she is. You know, the person she is at night, she's not that in the morning. What do you What do you think he meant by that? Uh, you remember that part? She's got a maybe she's got a wiener. That's what I thought too. <laughs> right? That's exactly what I thought too. But I was like, oh, it's the eighties. Maybe they're just playing with the prostitution type of thing. Like, oh, you think she loves you, but she just wants your money. Or you think she's a woman, but she really is a dude. Yeah, it could have been like a really um, hidden. <laughs> <laughs> hidden meaning yeah. in that joke but yeah that i remember seeing that part you're right i i didn't e- include that in my notes but you're right that part was weird i was like what <laughs> what was that about yeah but yet, that is something in this movie like there's some things that are said where you're like you can't say that now and there's some things that you could say now that they don't say in the movie so it's kind of weird yeah. how that works out but yeah. uh yeah so during this little fight with the these two guys, I think the rich dude stiffed him a tip. I think the little guy is a waiter, probably a cab or server. Or, or is he I a, think cab he's a cab driver? Is that what he was? <laughs> was he a cab driver? I thought he was a server. Oh, I think I think he said something about the meter. The meter said fifteen and he gave him a ten. And what's oh, what's funny Oh, okay. What's funny is like he pushes him and he says, Get out of here, Chico. And when I heard that, I was like, oh, shit, he's calling, like, I thought he was, like, being, like, derogatory about it, like, Me get too. out of here, Chico, get out of here, like, Jose, get out, you know what I mean? Yes. And the, but that's his actual given name, <laughs> is Chico, I was like, dude, you're gonna stiff a dude that you know? Like, how are you gonna try to rip off a dude that you know, you know? <laughs> yeah. Maybe he felt, he was, like, so comfortable with them, he's like, fuck you, I'm not giving you the money you deserve. <laughs> yeah, but like, that- get out of my face, Chico, and I was like, oh, Chico, that's a bit, uh, that's a bit racist, and then he... <laughs> <laughs> oh well, we'll continue i guess yeah yeah i know i thought the same thing and that's what i was surprised that this little chicano's dude is the name chico and wilder gets the feeling to go and talk to them about his like he wants to talk to them about being peaceful and having sense because he's so tired of new york being insane and all the people being angry so he goes and he talks to them but right around that same time chico manages to to grab rich white's wiener in a pair of pliers yeah and he has some really good accuracy with pliers they talk a little bit about it and uh you know they end up forgiving each other because if not chico was gonna definitely just but i don't think wilder realized that that rich white's balls were or no he, he, has, he has no idea <laughs> but here, here's the thing like i've seen that that chico move not with pliers pliers are very impressive but i've seen like where people like just grab somebody by the nuts yeah and then it kind of it puts them like they're paralyzed like i don't even i don't like how does that happen if somebody grabs me by the nuts and then i don't want them to i'm gonna start swinging i'm not gonna be like oh you got me i'm free i'm frozen yeah <laughs> yeah know? it's like a huge yeah i know what if all men's re- weakness was if you grabbed them by their dick they just like <laughs> went paralyzed yeah like oh i can't move my arms or my legs i guess you got me <laughs> it is with like a pair of pliers yeah it's a total movie trope because that has been done for years and years like a guy yeah. gets hit gets grabbed by the wiener and all of a sudden he just goes like completely fr- it's like he's being held hostage he's like please yeah please don't hurt them any more than you already have i'll do anything yeah. you say you know and um and, and so with the with the pliers do you think he got the frank or the beans i I wasn't looking too hard because I was I was looking on my laptop, so I didn't have it on the big screen. But I'm pretty sure he grabbed the Frank. 
the Frank. Okay. Yeah, he he's you know he was he was probably pretty relaxed and scared. So I, you know, I felt like there was it was a little pinch, but all you need is a little bit, and it will hurt. Oh yeah, dude, I remember. Yeah. So eighth grade, I uh, I was at I was at my girlfriend's house, and we were making out. Actually, no wait. I was I was at a friend of mine's house who was a girl and I, I took my girlfriend there and we were making out and the friend of mine was there watching us make out and then okay. and then they they told me like hey take out your wiener right <laughs> 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 and i you know i'm in eighth grade so like i was like oh shit like i get to take out my wiener and like uh, maybe they'll suck it or touch it i don't know <laughs> so, so i take is, my is wiener the hottest thing you can say <laughs> Like they didn't say like, hey, take it. Even if they said penis, even if they went clinical with it, like, hey, take out your penis, that would be more sexy than, hey, wiener. <laughs> hey, take out your wiener. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but I was like so into it, man. I was like, holy shit, like is my first time going to be a threesome? Because I will go down in history. Because you know I was incredibly nerdy, skinny, weird guy. So like I needed <laughs> this kind of reputation to push me forward. And so... I take it out and they're like, oh, awesome. And <laughs> <laughs> not that it was that amazing, but they hadn't also, they also haven't seen a lot of wieners. So, oh, so it was new for them. It was too. new okay. for them too. It was all okay. a mutual experience. But then I ended up putting it away because I think they were worried that her dad was going to come in. But we were fooling around and my girlfriend pinches my dick and literally pinched off a piece of skin pinched it that oh, hard shit she just wanted to see how spongy it was i think what? so i think she thought it was like because it's hard it's made it's like impenetrable but that is not true it's, it's still <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. it is not how it works and yeah. so yeah so she did a pinching it so yes even a pinch from a from just a regular pinch from a hand will absolutely hurt so pliers pliers yeah i would but be you, crying you, you have i, I mean I, I assume he's he has boxers and then he's he's wearing his suit pants so he has some layers so there, there's something guarding the teeth of the pliers to the skin of the, the yeah yeah, I think, uh, yeah but still it's it's so like he's like wiener dog like we can't just we can't just punch each other in the face you're gonna go to the wiener like, i don't know <laughs> so then <laughs> So then Wilder, uh, Wilder takes the moment to uh, go back to Pryor and he tells him, let's go somewhere where there's kindness and people and nice and stuff. And apparently Pryor... Yeah, and Pr Pryor's not sold yet. He's no. like, man, fuck that. And then all Wilder has to say is, but look, boobs. If we, ha <laughs> if we have boobs and water and sand... He's like, and, that, and he's like, and a blanket. <laughs> you know, yeah. he has a blanket. He's like, and a blanket. He's like, oh, okay. Sold. So yeah, he he gives this entire freaking like fantasy uh, scene. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> so yeah, that that it happens to get prior to say yes. So they head out west, and uh, they're heading toward California. And then I think they were going to come down to Hollywood. That was their entire their entire goal so yeah because uh i think uh wilder's a writer and uh i think prior was trying to be an actor yeah he's he an actor one thing um that that didn't pay him much so he and which i was like well why wouldn't you go to hollywood if that's who you're trying to be you know i don't know yeah i think that's uh, a common issue like with people like if you're from the east coast it's hard to make the jump i think because it is such a dramatic because you could still make decent money like doing acting there you're just not going to make it you, I think if you want to make it big time, like be mainstream actor, Hollywood actor, yeah. you got to come over here, you know. So yeah. I, 
don't understand why anybody wants to go in. I feel like the whole go thing going into acting sounds like such an impossible feat without some sort of uh pre like non-earned privilege to help you get to that point in life <laughs> yeah like a, like conquered tiktok conquered youtube and then moved to la mm -hmm. like <laughs> yeah that that's the way that's the way like so in that like if you don't have the privilege already that's the way you have to do it is you have to like slowly build some sort of following and then maybe somebody will notice you and put you on a show or some shit or like mm. what you're doing like stand-up comedy is another way that um that I, you could get some attention too so i hope hopefully i get to see you on um on a sitcom one day patrick see that's the thing too and we'll just we'll take a break from the movie but like a lot of people do this to pursue acting and all that stuff. I don't think I want to do anything, but like I'm not, I can't, I, I'm not good in front of the camera. Uh, I, I have the 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 voice and the face for podcasting for radio. <laughs> you know, I really enjoy the the stage, and like I hear a lot of people like I don't know. I'm just not looking too far in the future. I think stand up's the only thing I want to do, uh, get good at, and then we'll just play from there. No, I, don't, I don't see myself being on a on a sitcom or anything. I respect like that. that, honestly. I respect that because I mean, I was gonna start writing a show called Orlejue, but um, if you don't want to be in it, I mean, I'll, I'll cameo. I'll do, <laughs> I'll, I'll do hella cameos and shit. Like, just don't make me read. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so now we see we see the homies. They're heading out to the Sun Belt, and uh, you know they're smiling. They're having a good time. The music's all positive. It's it's a it's a great day. They're in a Dodge van, and they they head out to Glenboro. They're in Glenboro, California. All of a sudden, the van starts smoking, so they got to stop in town and fix the van. Uh, and yeah, so they repair the van. They they head to a bar where they see some dudes hitting a speed a speed bag, which is I guess that was a thing at one point. You put a speed bag inside a bar just to let out. Wait, the... so they never made it out of California? I thought Glenn yeah, they was did in Arizona. Oh, I thought I thought I think it's a California. I thought it was in California. Maybe it is in Arizona. I don't know why I, I thought Arizona. I don't know why I thought that, but uh, yeah, Glenboro, right. California. Oh, okay. Apparently, okay. I, I could be. Man, wrong. they didn't get nowhere. <laughs> They didn't go nowhere, man. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I mean, it's kind of. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I'm going backwards. I'm going yeah, backwards. Yeah, they went okay, from New so York. They made, it, they made it all the way to California. Yeah. Okay. So they got all the way across town, at least. So that's nice. Uh, before the van. I mean, because that's what I was like. You see the van and it looks like complete shit. And I was honestly impressed. Like, it still made it across the country. <laughs> <laughs> Even though yeah. it, it went out in Glenboro. But they, they had to. They had to go and repair it, and they're all bitching about the price. And because they spent so much on repairing the van, now they need to stay in Glenboro for a little bit to find a little bit of side cash. That's basically uh -huh. why they end up staying there a little bit longer because it yeah. hurt their their budget. And so they're looking for work, and the first thing they decide to do is stop at a bar to maybe ask some people – you know what what the employment is like if there's any jobs around mm -hmm. and uh they're talking wilder is you know talking about how thrilled and excited he is about the town he's still excited he this guy he, he has the highest hopes ever like he he could he's on the verge of being like what you need the friend you need and also the friend that you don't want to talk to yeah <laughs> he's just so he's always so positive i'm like dude like we're broke we, we have nothing <laughs> and he's like great news he's like, yeah no you're lying stop lying to me <laughs> yeah he's one of those like delusional sees the silver lining and everything kind of guys yeah which i mean god bless that if you have that i mean shit like good for you but 
I don't like I, I I call bullshit. Yeah, I know, right? Like, there's definitely like something going on in his head that he's just crying inside, but he's smiling yeah. on the outside, and yeah. he sees the guys at the bar, and he says some kind of line like, uh, "I think he says you can see the history of the Sun Belt just on their faces." <laughs> yeah, because he wa- he's always talking about like wanting to write stuff, you know, since he's a playwright. So he's like, so he's uh, yeah, yeah, he's, he's trying to be very descriptive. He's trying to like paint the picture, and so he's trying to be like yeah, wordy with yeah. It, he's know? trying to soak it in. He wants to soak in the culture. He wants to be able to eventually transition this over to a story. So he yeah. uh, he's been very very overtly joyful but he walks up to the cowboys to ask them about any job opportunities wilder starts hitting the speed bag like oh this is kind of cool he starts hitting it but the two cowboys don't say shit the whole time they get super let's annoying. talk about the cowboys real quick don't doesn't their vibe look kind of weird like it was just them two they're kind of like punching out this what i'm saying is do you think they were gay <laughs> i thought there was some kind of like tough cowboy thing broke back broke back mountain type of thing going back and forth with them they're like look what i could do with this bag now let me see what you could do it's, with this bag it's the punching bag i'm talking about <laughs> and so i thought there was kind of a vibe there so i thought they kind of got upset because wilder went in and kind of broke the vibe. oh okay you see every now and then they kind of make eyes at each other they're not saying anything to each other which is very weird. Yeah, they, it was like they had telepathy powers because I guess these two guys just weren't great actors and the director was like, just kind of look at each <laughs> yeah. other and yeah, do stuff, like, but don't really say anything. We don't want to pay you for that. But uh, Yeah, never once said anything until later. Until later, way later on. on, yeah, we hear them. But yeah, they, they're just, uh, yeah, it, you're right. There is kind of a weird connection between these two cats and they definitely don't like uh they definitely don't like wilder coming around because one of the guys they didn't appreciate it at all yeah, yeah he hits the the speed bag so hard it goes across the entire freaking bar so then of course as usual prior comes and he saves wilder he pulls him aside and he's like hey man you gotta be careful around here like what the hell's wrong with you yeah and then wilder tells him don't worry don't worry i found us some jobs so we're gonna make a little bit of money like we'll be good and it turns out that the jobs he found are would to be woodpecker mascots to promote a bank <laughs> which is which is so weird which is such a such a weird thing like i don't want to see a show at a bank i want to get in i want to get out i don't want to be disturbed by birds or nothing i genuinely feel um, like banks were were initially an experience to to be held because if you look at a lot of the old banks i actually went to an old bank in in uh and Uvalde. I went to an old bank out there and it was freaking gorgeous. Like it was like you were walking into an old, old museum and it had these big tall pillars. And that that bank that they were in also kind of looks like that. And I think back then it was like supposed to be a dog and pony show to go to a bank. Like, oh, look how nice it is here. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So I think it was like a thing at one point. Like that bank I went to, they had like um they had like actual old 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 paintings that were worth a shitload of money on display so you could actually walk around the bank and look at different things that they had on display they had little descriptions and stuff like that so it was kind of like half museum half bank it was weird dude oh okay you're like looking at a work of art and then someone's trying to get a fucking loan for their studio (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) being denied and shit yeah so it was really weird man but uh yeah i I guess back then i wouldn't be surprised if they held some kind of little song and dance bullshit like that but it's really weird they start going out there and they right away you see them doing their song and dance and everyone's watching them they're they're, yeah they love it (laughs) everybody's laugh like smiles and and that's the thing you don't see at the bank people smiling which is nice (laughs) 
Well, and yeah. uh, they had they had their own little song and dance routine, which was very cool. And then the end of it, I don't know if you caught the end of it, like <laughs> which I thought was funny. He just calls everybody like you little pecker, you. And yeah. like, oh shit, like, that's funny. Yeah, they, but I wouldn't. I don't, <laughs> yeah, they definitely threw down. They definitely threw in a couple of things in there. What, what were you gonna say though? No, 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 I was done. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I thought I heard something. Well, I was going to do a pecker joke, but it's, it's, I don't, it's, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you always got to have a, you always got to have a pecker joke in your back pocket just in case it comes yeah, I always, up. Yeah, I always keep it ready. <laughs> uh, but, okay, so here's why I didn't think that they were all in California. Because, okay, so they do the dance and then they go on their lunch break. Did you notice what they had for lunch? They had good old Dunkin' Donuts. No, well, Skip had Dunkin' Donuts. Oh, wait, what did the other one have? (laughs) Yeah, Skip had Dunkin' Donuts, which is weird. Who has Dunkin' Donuts for lunch? I don't don't get that. But Harry had Whataburger. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Are you sure? Yes, for sure, 100%. What the? Weird. I'm wondering if they shot this in a different area. (laughs) But then why would you have a Whataburger? That is so freaking weird. Yeah, because they're supposed to be in California. Like, I'm pretty sure. I don't think they made it to California yet. I don't know. I mean, I don't have anything. I mean, this is all Googleable, but I don't have uh, my phone or, well, I'm on a computer, but I don't want to Google it right yeah. now. But yeah, that's that's one thing that caught my attention. I was like, oh, okay. And I think they're they're in Arizona because Whataburger was in Arizona as well as Texas. We started out in Texas and stuff. Oh, but, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I could have sworn I saw something like, Welcome to Glenboro, California. So that's why I thought that's where they were. But I guess I was wrong. I, maybe they are somewhere else. But I did not notice the Whataburger. I noticed the Dunkin' Donuts because I like Dunkin' Donuts. So I, And I noticed Whataburger because I'm, I'm fat. Because so. <laughs> I, like like I, I like my pies <laughs> fried. Yeah. <laughs> Like any hamburger logo was like my bat signal. Like I'm there. I'm with you, man. I'm there. You You're know? right. They are in Arizona. I just looked it up right now. I'm sorry, everybody. I was wrong. They're in Arizona. So Glenboro, right. Arizona, apparently. Well, that's the only fact that I have. All right. Thank you, everybody. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So no, yeah. So I guess there is Whataburger real, out there. Real talk. I was so stoked to mention that. <laughs> I was so stoked <laughs> to mention that I spotted a Whataburger bag. <laughs> Dude, like you. You win the day because I didn't even notice it. I would have been excited if I saw it too. So I got distracted by the damn Dunkin' Donuts. And I was like taking notes and shit. So I must have missed it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they're like just eating comfortably. But right before that, you see like some vato like with a tattoo on his hand reach and grab one of the masks of because they hung their little woodpecker suits so they could go eat. And you see a, a guy, you know, grab it. So they're eating. And then now you see these two other dudes doing the woodpecker dance, and they're obviously not Wilder and Pryor. Like you can hear it in their voice, and and there's even like a little kid that saw them. They don't move the same. Yeah, they they're just sound the same. But those those dudes are the dudes from the bar. Yes, we don't find that out till later, but yes, that is true. <laughs> well, because okay, because here's the thing: in, in in movies, in like '80s movies and stuff, they always pretty much gave you clues they were like six cents in you the whole time yeah so in the bar in the bar scene they do a real zoom in on this guy's tattoo for what reason at this time early in the movie we don't really know we're just like oh cool a, a shitty tattoo on just his hand you know which is weird uh and then those same guys 
uh, take the, the bird outfits and somehow learn the song. That's what I was impressed by. I'm like, wait, did they just like, had they maybe been doing this song and dance for a while and they memorized it? Or was this just some magical yeah. way that, or, or the other thing I was thinking of was maybe this is a common commercial that the bank has. And so everyone knows the jingle. Oh, good. That was call. the only thing I could think of, but I mean, I can't. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Okay. Because you you know me, I don't. I movies they have to be real, you know. So <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just like, how the fuck do they know that song? So you, you, know? you don't watch like any superhero movies. You're like, fuck that. That we <laughs> no. You can't fly, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so uh so yeah so they're dancing around and, and it's funny because this little girl that saw richard uh that saw prior doing it with wilder earlier she was all happy and then yeah, now she, she sees him and it. she's like these guys suck man like what the hell's up yeah, with this they don't make me feel good they don't make they don't give me that warm fuzzy feeling they, I, as i had before this is weird <laughs> like she knew it you know, she was very intuitive yeah she stuff. could she tell knew, she knew i think she yeah. was a ginger too and you know that's like the first ginger kid that i could ever trust yeah. <laughs> and uh you can't say that type of shit anymore you're gonna get canceled <laughs> <laughs> damn i can't even make one of gingers anymore damn it <laughs> so now they so they knock out so like they're singing and dancing and they knock out a security guard the other guy the other woodpecker guy knocks out this lady for no reason she just screamed no reason at all <laughs> no re the guard i get the guard, the guard I is get. really the guard is all you need because that's the only one you're worried about but the other guy is like nah let me take out a woman. <laughs> yeah, uh, hard. Yeah, he 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 haymakers her, man. She just falls down to the ground. One dude jumps over the counter, punches the manager, grabs the money. Now we see Wilder and Pryor. They're finishing their nice Dunkin' Donuts and Whataburger meal. And the, and the bank robbers get away in their green Dodge van. The bank manager, well, because they, they see all this commotion. And so Pryor's like, oh, we should probably head out. And Wilder's like, no, 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 let's go see. It looks like people are in trouble. So once again, yeah. Wilder's uh, in, in, you know, he has that weird mentality that he wants to get into everything and get his hands on everything and see what's going on. He goes. And of course, the bank manager sees them. He's like, oh, yeah, those are the guys that I hired to wear those woodpecker mascots. So that. The, that has to be the guys that makes sense that yeah open and close case those are them <clears throat> yeah like go go get them which is like very sad <laughs> yes you would think that the bank manager would have been like why would they come back like yeah. you know like put two and two together bro like why would you come back after robbing a bank in in normal clothes obviously that wasn't them but yeah you know yeah. the plot has to happen so that, that's the way it happens that's how it happens that's how yeah. it happens the homies are immediately arrested by the cops and these are arizona cops so they definitely just listen to them and do whatever they say and uh, immediately no questions <laughs> asked and the whole the whole thing is like everybody's hating on them because they're from new york oh it's those guys from new york it's these new york people it's the east people east coast people like mad hate i, I don't think the sun bet uh, acts like that i think they're I, I i don't believe that either in, in this part of well the, yeah well i feel like maybe back then like especially between like the you know 70s 80s remember like you remember there used to be those ah oh, was it Oh, picante sauce or something like where like they make them in new york oh, yeah. city like new york city like that was always oh, a thing yeah. where they felt like if you were from the east coast if you're from the big cities in the east coast new york boston all, like all that if you were anywhere in that area you didn't know anything about like country living or being tough or or you know gritty and so 
okay, I don't know yeah. why, because that makes no fucking sense. It, it trans, you know, being tough translate to translate to any area wherever you live. It just depends on the circumstances. You yeah. know, you put some cowboy in the middle of New York City on Times Square, he ain't gonna know what the fuck to do either. So it kind of yeah, goes for sure. You know, it balances out. But yeah, for some reason, that was always such a thing. Like they would always bust people's balls if they were from from the north or from from the east coast. So you're right. That is a whole. That's a common thing that we're going to hear throughout the, this entire movie is about them being from yeah. the East Coast. It's, it's very sad. We need to end that. We need to end uh, the, the the Coast Wars. East West. <laughs> yeah. Why can't we all just We've lost along, enough man. people from the East-West Coast Wars. Yeah. It's, it's it's time. And we're all transplants by now. I mean, nobody's from where they're actually from anymore. Yeah, know? and with the globalization of social media, pretty much we're all the same pieces of shit. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, like we all like the same crap. We're all making the same shitty TikTok dance videos. <laughs> What's the difference? So <laughs> we're with the homies. They're in the prison now. Uh, and they're in regular clothes. So I'm guessing this is just them kind of getting, you know, put into uh, what I don't know what you call it. Uh, de- detained. I don't know. The holding the cell. Holding yeah. cell. Pre- pre-trial, pre-all that uh, booking and all that stuff. Prior starts working like a pimp walk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's like you gotta you gotta look tough get bad he's like you, know? you, gotta, you gotta look bad which is like which is very very funny because i will tell you this when i lived in in seattle i walked everywhere by myself and that was that was the, how I, did. I had to look crazy i talked to myself a lot so i wanted i wanted people to think that i was unapproachable that don't fuck oh, with me good idea uh yeah so i had i had that walk i get it you yeah know? man he says uh you better get bad jack because if you ain't get if you don't get bad you're gonna get fucked <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get bad or get fucked, which is you know my my motto. You know? <laughs> and, uh, I think that's the whole South Side of San Antonio motto. <laughs> yeah, you got to you know. So then uh, Wilder starts uh, walking, sort of like uh, he has some sort of disability. <laughs> yeah, not pulling it off. Like I I don't buy it at all. Like he's oh, not no. he's not bad. He's he's he's. Touch, oh, he's you know? absolutely fucking hilarious, man. Like, he just does the weirdest shit in this movie. They are now in the holding cell, and they are just, uh, they just keep on saying how they don't take no shit over and over don't again. Don't take no shit, yeah. <laughs> it kind of reminded me of that Bernie Mac uh, set where he's like, I scared of you motherfuckers. <laughs> oh, man, I love that shit. You know, that's what I, uh, that's my mantra. Like, before I do a set, I was like, I don't, I don't scare you motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> that and I sing Counting Crows, but that's just for a memory. Oh, thing, okay. My, my muscle memory. A thing, little yeah, Counting so. Crows. I see. That's your. That takes you to your like Zen. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's just it's just so like because I, I I need to make sure that my brain and my mouth are working in unison. So oh. how how else are you gonna do that than sing a song that you know all the lyrics to? Why I know all the lyrics, I don't know. I know all the lyrics to Counting Crows and Garth Brooks, and those are both not my favorite bands. That's so interesting, so, bro. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I do that uh, Bernie Mac thing. I ain't afraid of you motherfuckers. <laughs> it works. Scared you motherfuckers. Yeah, I, I, works. I had something similar I used. You know, I haven't sang in the band in a long time, but when I would sing every now and then, I would think about that same mentality, especially if there was – it wasn't often, but when there were actually a lot of people in the crowd, that is something I would do <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> to get myself nah, prepared for sure. mentally. For sure. You got to build yourself up, man. Yep. You got to build yourself up. And uh, Wilder does a lot of weird – asian inspired kung fu sounds throughout this movie and this is the first time we get to see it he's doing like some kung fu shit and he's like yeah he's faking karate yeah. <laughs> he's doing the fake karate he's breathing which hard is, which is very dangerous i mean 
if you see somebody like faking karate, the first thing you want to do is like take him out, you know? Yeah, you like, you assume. Well, it's either you want to take him out or you feel like, especially if he looks like Gene Wilder, you know he doesn't know karate. So you're like, he's probably insane. Maybe I should stay away. Yeah. He could be one of those biters where <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden yeah. they just bite you in your shoulder. You're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> got to be careful for those. So yeah. uh, looking crazy, looking crazy is is, is key. I mean, that's a, that's oh, a good yeah. move. Uh, and so there's a guy in there that that's looking crazy. That's looking for a fly, which they never, they didn't even try to CGI in there. So he's probably looking at nothing. Yep. He's probably trying to get to nothing. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because I never saw anything. I never saw no dot, no nothing. I thought nothing. because he was so okay. So here's I thought it was two crazy white guys meeting each other because I thought he was so crazy he thought he was seeing a fly, and then Wilder saw him and was so sure that he was seeing a fly that he wanted to catch it before him. Yeah, I I think that's yeah. what it's something like that because all of a sudden that crazy guy looks right at this dude's head, and he's like looking yeah. at it, and Wilder sees that he's see, looking right at his head, and just a slap of bams this dude's top of his head like a bow. I was like, oh shit. And it's it's weird because okay, so we're supposed to think that there's a fly, but they put a close up on the dude, the black dude's bald head. Yep. And there's nothing. No. It's clear. It's clean. And then you just see uh, Wilder go back and slap, uh, which is, I was like, oh, shit, he's dead. Oh, that's automatic, <laughs> like, death match. And also, he happened to do this. The man who is playing this character is actually Apollo Creed's trainer. His name is Tony Burton, and he has this small little bit part in this movie. Oh, wow. Yeah, and he was actually a trained professional boxer. So, yeah, I would not want to slap the top of this dude's head. But, yeah, I thought it was crazy because we just brought up Tony Burton in my last episode because there was somebody that was basically playing like his character in that No Holds Barred movie. And so, oh, yeah, okay. so he came up, and then all of a sudden I'm watching this movie. I'm like, holy crap, there he is. <laughs> He's in this movie. Oh, so you don't, you don't do that on purpose? The only connection is a mustache? Like, you don't try to create, like, a, a bounce-to-bounce nah. leap, like, seven degrees of separation? No, I've never tried that hard at anything. <laughs> that sounds very complicated. <laughs> but, uh, but it is but it is funny because, as I heard on your last podcast, there is another connection that's going to be on this podcast, this, this movie, it's, later it's on. It's weird how that happens, but... It, but, yeah, so I thought, I was like, man, you put a lot of effort no, in this shit. No, this podcast <laughs> but, uh, is just, it's, it's from the fates, you know? It's just meant to, to exist, and we've run into some of these, these weird moments that happened to work nice. out yeah nice. it was weird man yeah. i was like holy crap like that's the dude and so yeah he turns yeah. around and and he think he's i think wilder tells him something like oh i i thought i thought i saw a fly and he's like you think you got it huh and he's like no i didn't get it he's like well now it's on your face <laughs> and he fucking swings at his face but prior yeah. saves him of course prior like pulls him away yeah and he ends up punching up even bigger black dude <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like holy which is, shit. Which is which is funny. Like that whole like shooting fish in a barrel. Like this this cell is is packed. Oh you know, if, yeah. If you don't find trouble with one guy, you're gonna find it with the next guy because they're they're packed in like sardines. So uh, he runs into uh, another obstacle. Um, a big obstacle. Which is very funny. A big old obstacle. And uh, and when when Burden punches him, he 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 gets really scared and he begs for forgiveness. And I think he gives him like a fresh cigarette. And the big dude heads towards Pryor and Wilder, who are freaking out. And he asks for a lighter. And Pryor is crying yeah. out of fear at first. And then he <laughs> yeah, what's funny is they walked in there like look tough, you know, like uh, look tough or or get fucked or whatever. And then out of fear they're just hugging each other and in a tight embrace like, yes and almost crying like dude 
you gotta toughen up a little bit yeah <laughs> they're lo- they're watching you and so then prior kind of shakes it off he's like all right right yeah 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 i got yeah i think i got a match in here and he pulls out a match but he still he starts shaking again and he's trying to light it he's trying to light it yeah. on his teeth he's trying to light it on his cheek it won't work and then he's able to light it on this big dude's chest and he goes oh shit on his chest yeah. <laughs> oh shit <laughs> Yeah. It's so good. Which is one, he's tough, he's rugged, he's 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 man. Yep. And uh the big dude tells him like, "Hey, what are you in for?" and they say bank robbery. And the big dude says something that I'm not 100% sure, but I think I know what he means. He said, "Y'all get to kiss the baby." Yeah, I don't know what that means. What do you think it means? I think that means that they're going to be there for a while because I think getting to kiss the baby means you got to stick around for a while. I don't know. I looked it up because it's apparently some kind of. I was in some cultures. It means like you're gonna. It's gonna be a long wait, basically. I guess I don't know why it means that, but I think that's what he was trying to say. And then you get this like fast talking dude who also tells them that they're gonna be there a long time. So I think he was like the translator. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. 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 I, maybe. But it, it's it's so weird. Like I don't know about the the whole prison system or, or like uh, sentencing and all that stuff. But 125 years for bank robbery. Oh yeah. Like, they, didn't, they didn't kill nobody. They didn't. I mean, they had guns. Or the 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 bank robbers, the real bank robbers, had guns. But 125. That was like a. That was kind of. I thought. Yeah, that harsh. was a little harsh. Yeah, because they end up at the 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 court. Uh, you know, they end up in the court. They have their moment, and they have this really this lawyer that's like seems very freaking. His name's Len Garber, and he just seems insanely freaked out and nervous, and so you don't have no confidence in him. But yeah, the judge sentences them to 125 years in custody of the commissioner of the Department of Corrections. It sounds real serious. Yeah. Wilder starts making some crazy ass sounds, which is hilarious. And the lawyer says that he's he's he goes, "I'm fighting mad about what happened there." <laughs> yeah <laughs> he mentions he's like oh you're mad i know right like oh you're mad and uh he mentions he has a cousin uh that that's going to be visiting him that should be able to help but prior doesn't care he just keeps yelling 125 years which is again weird oh you know you're going to prison for for a long time but my cousin who's a social worker uh, is coming into town yeah like, don't what? worry and plus you'll probably just end up i think he tells them y'all just end up doing like about 30 years or something like that yeah like like that's like even better you know yeah I, to me i'd like dude 30 years is a long ass time Oof. yeah like he's like i don't want to do one i know <laughs> and then uh we see the homies are getting off the bus to prison and wilder says it's chilling it's frightening and real <laughs> and they're all <laughs> he's being all poetic yeah in, in his mind he's still writing his novel he's still writing the screen play or whatever yep. so he he's still he's writing he's making he notes. like can't separate himself from anything like he is who he is and he's going to be exactly that no matter what setting he's in so that's kind of the whole yeah. concept of this movie is you get to see all this unfold in a prison setting so uh they're yeah. all chained up and uh he can't really uh wilder can't really get around very well and he's getting all frustrated and the guy next to him is like dude just get in the swing of it man because <laughs> he's like he's yeah. like moving all jagged and shit <laughs> yeah and, and walter's like asking, asking the guards like they're gonna help him he's like can you help me out i can't move here like please help me and like like the guards are like the meanest oh yeah toughest guards like they don't give a fuck i, I don't think i don't think anything that the guards or the warden did was legal but uh, they, they they don't really care. They're yeah. not there to assist I mean, you. And while it's like, what's, what's the deal? I mean, that? let's give them this. They're not Shawshank Redemption bad. But 
<laughs> but they're, yeah, they're mean. Yeah. They are mean. But they don't ever, like, beat the shit out of anybody. At least I don't think they do. I mean, they they can be kind of tough. But I was, like, waiting. I'm like, oh, my God. Am I going to see Gene Wilder just get, like, beat the shit out of? Because that's going to be very unsettling. But then I remembered, oh, yeah. it's a comedy. I think we'll be okay. It's a comedy. Yeah. I think we'll be okay. Like, like they did hit him but there was no blood yeah they kind of like, like that, push him so. around and stuff and they they do push him and then we're with prior and he's he's with uh because they're all chained but they're all paired up in chains so they're like attached to the person and prior is attached to uh who's somebody that we find out his name is rory i believe but he calls prior yeah. sweet pants <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, don't call me sweet. Pants. So uh, Pryor's in a whole different situation, uh, and uh, and we'll get to see that unfold as the movie goes. It's quite, it's quite fun. Uh, uh, but it's funny because like the the one that uh, Wilder's hooked up to is is Jesus. Yeah, Jesus right? Ramirez. And so they're, they're they're talking stories, and Jesus has been there for a while. And, like he's he's in the swing of things. He just got back from his third trial or whatever, and so he's asking he's asked Wilder, uh, you know, uh, what are you in here for? And he he goes, uh, my friend my friend and I were doing a song and dance, and Jose goes, uh, oh, it must have been really bad. <laughs> I, I know, I love that dude. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, yeah, that just made me laugh so bad. And now we're in a classroom, and they're taking a test or some shit. I don't know what the hell this was for, but Wilder is being very difficult as usual. And um, yeah. they push him down again, again, the guards, because he keeps getting up and he's asking questions because he doesn't like to take tests or something. And uh, now they're getting over to the cells and Wilder quickly finally realizes, like, because he sees the cells, he's like, oh, we're in prison. It's becoming real. Yeah, it's turning <laughs> it's turning real. Oh, shit. And Wilder's looking yeah. freaked out and Pryor tells him just to think about the appeal, like, just relax. But then uh, this is when we have quite probably one of my favorite scenes of the movie. Uh, <laughs> The, the best this is the best buddy scene uh of prior wilder oh, uh, in this movie for sure i love do you want to describe what happens here <laughs> it's like a whole thing okay so it's it's a whole thing and I, i'm not, i don't know if i'm gonna do it justice i wouldn't either stuff, but but so so wilder finally cracks he's losing it you know he's tries to uh, attack uh the the guard one of the mean guards and then he starts doing this dance <laughs> <laughs> where he's just like Mick Jaggering, like uh, in front of like uh, the guard, yeah. and then he, he starts doing like raspberries, or he starts like yeah, he does like raspberry spits, like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so the guards like about about enough, you know, ha- had enough or whatever. So Pryor gets to him and starts selling him down and tries to talk to him and you know get him off the ledge, uh, so to speak, you know, whatever. And uh, finally, Wilder comes to. He's like, "All right, this is this is where we are. This is this is what's happening. I'm here." And then, as soon as that happens, Pryor loses his shit, <laughs> which was fucking hilarious, man. Like it's a, it's a great thing, and I, that's why I love like these buddy movies because they're there for each other. And so Wilder had his moment to crack, which everybody deserves. Everybody like you know have your moment. But come back. Yep. And then as soon as he comes back, Pryor goes off yeah, on his He's shit like, Mama, like, Mama. <laughs> he's like tearing yeah. he tears his fucking shirt off his shit. And then Wilder gives him an invisible yeah. pill. <laughs> a visible pill, which I loved. Which I loved. You know, because I'm all for placebos. If you give me a pill and you tell me it's gonna do something, I am doing yep. exactly what you told me it's gonna do. Oh my god. And so and so he's like, he just needs because okay, so and here's where it gets kind of real, or this is maybe the how I saw it. You know, I mean, it's kind of sensitive with the times. But 
they were kind of putting up with Wilder going crazy, but as soon as Pryor started going crazy, that's when shit got. Oh yeah, more they were like, the "We've guards. had enough." In a comedy, in a comedy sense, of course, but that's when they started like kind of closing in the walls to them, and that's when Wilder was like, "No one, like it's got to be done." Here's the pill on the count of three. You're cured. One, two, three, and then they both just straighten. Yeah, up. yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if there was something like that for that reason, but I, you know, I really do enjoy. I think that's why this is one of the better scenes is this is like one of those moments where I feel the director just flipped on the switches and was just like, y'all do your thing. We're going to say action. And then you let us know when you're done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, nah, it's it, insane. Yeah, it's it so great. fun, man. Uh, so y'all definitely check that one out. Maybe I'll play a little clip from it uh, in, in this part here. Yeah. So uh, now we are are with uh, Pryor at the cafeteria line, and the dude that called him Sweet Pants, uh, Rory, says that because Pryor, like, (laughs) he's looking at the cafeteria guy, and he's like, "Yeah, I'll take a hamburger with cheese, (laughs) yeah, a steak, and and fries, and like ordering all this stuff, you know, and and just get slopped." Yep, he gets slopped. (laughs) So uh, Rory tells him, "I could get you a hamburger if you wanted one," and Pryor says, "I don't want no hamburger from you." He says, "Well, I'll wash your socks." He's like, "Leave my socks alone." Oh, man <laughs> yeah. it's so good like the back and forth between them two is so awesome and then they're at the table with all the other uh the guys in the group because this this is going to sort of become their little their little crew here you know you got rory you got um ramitas and you have wilder you have uh and then you have prior and that's so far i think that's the team right i think that's everybody so far and uh yeah. that's when we are introduced to a giant giant human and his name is grossberger grossberger holy shit he's apparently a mass murderer in the southwest and he killed his family and anyone that looked like his family <laughs> yeah that's what that was funny man that was funny that see little stuff like that i fucking yeah love. that's such a good bit you know like he he killed his whole family and anybody that looked like yes <laughs> and what i think i like about this movie is a lot of the jokes they're not said in a way where they're trying to make a joke they're said in a very yeah. straight face and that's what makes it hilarious yeah. to me it doesn't feel obvious and yeah so they're describing this dude and he sits at the table all by himself because nobody wants to sit with them and he prefers to be alone and uh everyone's afraid man but wilder says he's he he can see like uh this guy needs needs someone to talk to you know like yeah he could break through he yeah, could break no yeah. one has sat down and just really talked to this man so 
Of course, Wilder decides he's going to go up and talk to Grossberger. And it's really funny because he kind of creeps up and Grossberger notices him. It's kind of like, um, I feel like mail, mail, uh, mail carriers probably deal with this a lot. It's when you're, you see a big dog laying down and you're walking towards mm-hmm. it, but you can slowly see it kind of noticing you and it's growling a little yeah. bit. <laughs> you're like, oh shit, at any moment this dog is going to go ape shit. And yeah, that's what happens. You hear Wild, Wilder goes, Hello? <laughs> Grossberg goes like gets up and yells, <laughs> and then uh, freaking Wilder runs back to the table, all scared. And that's the way that scene ends. It's absolutely fantastic. We are uh, yeah. this is the first time we're out in the prison courtyard now. Um, I wonder where they shot this. I wonder what prison they used for this. But uh, we're in the courtyard quite a bit. They they kept the the shots the shot locations to a minimum. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're like screw that. We have this is a long ass movie. We got to keep these locations down. We can't go everywhere. But yeah, they're in the prison courtyard and we see this dude um, getting dragged over to this guy that that gets to wear a cowboy hat in prison for some reason. Because I was like, who the hell is this guy? And I we find out later that he's a prison drug, kind of like a prison drug lord kind of guy. Or Anyway, he, he's someone important. His name is Jack Graham. I, so you know how you were talking about the two guys in the bar? Um, uh-huh. I feel like Jack Graham and who we're going to meet pretty soon craig t nelson they have a special relationship too like there's so uh, <laughs> there's definitely something going why craig t nelson cares so much about this jack graham cat and why does jack graham yeah. always have sunglasses on there's a lot of questions in this. <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of he questions. gets away with a lot of he, get, he, he gets away with a lot of stuff uh guards turn his back on him when he's doing stuff yeah. that he's not supposed he gets to. to like fuck he, shit up he he did something. He 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 got something on the guards, and maybe it's a little. Secret. Yeah, maybe he's giving up that ass, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so so Jack Graham, they take uh they take they take this dude up to Jack Graham, and they start whooping his ass because I guess he owed money or something. They say something about he snorted all the coke but it's, didn't pay for it, basically. Yeah, and this is another thing too, like because he's like, let's teach him to start being more punctual. And they put the punt. He, he emphasized the punch in punctual, and then they take him all back and start punching oh, him. Oh, that's! I thought that was a joke. Yeah, so. I didn't even notice that. <laughs> that's a pretty good signal. I'm gonna say, hey man, if we're ever hanging out again in the south side of San Antonio, if I say punctual, punch. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That means we gotta fuck this dude up. It's secret code, man. And yeah. uh, so then we're introduced to Blade, who is also a powerful gang leader in the prison. Move over, Wesley Snipes. We <laughs> we got this dude. And uh, Pryor's buddy Rory says that um, that not to worry about this guy. Like he's dangerous, but don't worry. Like I'll protect you. I'll protect you. But Pryor is not yeah. feeling it. He's like, no, 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 no. That's, it's not good when you hear someone say, "I'll protect you in prison," because that usually he, means he doesn't. He didn't want no favors. He doesn't want to owe this guy nothing. So he's like, "I don't want nothing yep. from you, man. Yep. I appreciate it. Just, just, just no. nah, I'm good. I'm good." So he he backs off and heads out to go look for Wilder. And now we see Wilder and Pryor. Uh, they run into the great Craig T. Nelson, like I was talking about. And Barry Corbin is also in this movie. A, a young, fresh-faced Barry Corbin. I don't think I've ever seen this guy not look old. Like, he yeah. looks semi, you know, fresh-faced here. And this is uh, uh, this is a good little scene here. Um, Wilder says he wants to talk about an idea that he feels could make things more comfortable for the inmates. <laughs> And uh, Nelson tells uh, Water to get to get on the bull. <laughs> like, right. 
it's a, it's such a weird scene because right before this, I guess I guess all the inmates get to go into the warden's office to like talk about complaints. It, it, it's like a uh, like what is it called an orientation, like oh. doing a, like one on one orientation type of thing, which is like so weird. There's so many prisoners to orientate. Yeah, like, like why would the warden waste uh, his time with that? And like when the when the scene first starts, you see Craig T. Nelson like freaking throw one of the inmates out, and you throw him yeah, out, and yeah. you see uh, Wilder and Pryor they're talking, and and Wilder's keeping like a little little notepad about what's been going on, and Pryor's like, put that in your notes, put that in your notes. Yeah. <laughs> they're mistreating. Wilder has some. He has a few suggestions. Yeah, you know? <laughs> he's like, we we could work on this. You know. Yeah, and they don't want to hear shit about that. You just hear Craig T. Nelson tell him, get on the bull. And Wilder's like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, which is so weird. Like, why are you going to have a mechanical bull in the warden's office? But Apparently, you know, they take in the South, in the Sun Belt, they take the annual prison rodeo incredibly serious to the point where they keep on a mm-hmm. mechanical bull. Just so that way, it's not too difficult to find the right guy to use in the rodeo so they asked wilder to get on there i don't know i i think initially wilder was being annoying so they were like let's throw his ass on the bull and watch him make an ass of himself and hurt himself but he yeah. turns out to do very damn good on the bull like the guy has like some kind that was, that was great <laughs> well it's it's weird you you think he's not going to do well because at first he can't figure it out he doesn't know what's up or down what's right or yep. left you know he, he sits improperly on it a few times yep. and which is so weird because the way it's laid out the padding of and the handles they're set a certain way that you would know exactly how to get on but hey i don't know yeah wilder's in a, a crazy it, person it made for good comedy you did yeah he he was doing that like oh wait this way oh oh i'm sorry i'm sorry yeah it's it's great he's like oh yeah i was waiting for the horn to come out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh so yeah he kicks ass and the, the warden looks absolutely inspired they took it up to like level five and he still didn't fall off he's got some kind of super dude, the warden was hard he was dude warden was so hard and prior starts cheering uh, after he too he's like fuck yeah <laughs> yeah his, his dog is doing good he went from one to six which six is danger and they made sure to put that on on the console danger yeah. it's like ludicrous speed like yeah. why are you gonna put ludicrous speed on the fucking you know just, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so he goes all the way to danger and he fucking he kills it yep man. he freaking rocks that shit and uh the the warden says that uh that this boy is a damn cowboy and uh he says that uh he says something to to Craig T. Nelson about the big his big rodeo star Graham has never got it past four, so that's how good Wilder is apparently. So I guess uh, yeah. this is when we find out that that Graham and Greg T. Nelson have some kind of connection because he's like your boy, <laughs> your boy Graham is yeah it good? your your boy yep. And so the warden yeah. thinks that uh, he can beat his rival prison guard, uh, who's in Texas, I believe, with the power of Gene Wilder's cowboy skills. So that's that's where we get the we get to finally get some plot in this bitch. We get a little bit of some some that's going to be happening. So we're back in the prison courtyard. We see Wilder back out of out of a basketball. He like he's like playing basketball, which by the way is hilarious. Watching Wilder try to play basketball yeah. is really funny. His his game is so weak, so weak. You know? He's like, all right, guys, I'm sorry, I got to stop. My back is killing me, man. Like, I'm... my my back is killing me, which is so funny. You think it was because of the bull? Because like he was he was getting thrown quite a bit, but he stayed on. So you think like just trying to do a hook shot 
uh, weak ass hip shot. He's like, oh man, my. He's my like, oh, hat. it's done, it's done. <laughs> and uh, Jesus is apparently one hell of a bull rider as well. Um, who, by the way, I think is a Puerto Rican actor. So, uh, so yeah, maybe it, maybe he did some bull riding, uh, bull riding in his real life. But uh, he doesn't compete because the, he says the rodeo's bullshit because the prisons make a crap yeah. load of money, but the prisoners don't get shit. They end up just like yeah, you know, using it for their own their own sh- their own benefit and uh the the and also the fact that if you don't compete that they'll deny your parole so it's pretty mm-hmm. crooked man the way they do it and apparently the warden in texas actually lets the prisoners keep the money at least as far as they know so who would have thought that the texas prison <laughs> was considered the better prison <laughs> yeah right <laughs> they're 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 prisoner of their word a prison of the word yes apparently because uh you know me and patrick are from texas it's i don't think the prisons are really known for that <laughs> nah. nah so uh so anyway jesus tells him that if he rides in the top hand event there's a strong chance that they could bust out of the prison because apparently the stadium that they sh- that they have this big rodeo at is like the death star there's a weak there's a weak part of it has has to be a weak spot. <laughs> There's a, a weak, weak spot, spot you know? that they've that that I guess because maybe Jesus has competed in the past. I don't know, but for some reason they know about this this weak spot at the stadium, which is awesome. Yeah, and uh, so they tell Wilder that he needs to hold off, basically, like just you know, wait. I think they're like something like wait for the appeal or something like that but just like hold off don't let don't let the the warden get you in right away because he want him to bring they want they want him to bring in the whole gang basically so they can all get out together yeah he, he's like don't don't give in too soon you know make them work make them uh you know get give you things so you could be play ball with yep. them and uh the uh, warden <laughs> which is what he wants to he wants to be with his crew so he could start planning they could start getting all the tools and everything that they need together to do the, the yeah bucket. man it's a whole plan situation this kind of becomes a whole thing and the warden comes through on on call like right right when they called it the warden comes through and he's like wilder i want you to represent the prison at the annual top hand competition and it's funny because wilder's like oh wow yeah and he's like i can't do that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. So good. He said that his mother was a veterinarian and that she turned over yeah. in her grave if he took part in the exploitation of animals. <laughs> yeah, and then it's so funny he he hears the mom talk to him from beyond the grave. Yes. And what what is what is that mom? You do want me to compete? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh Nelson says uh to the ward he's like what about Jack Graham? But he's, you know, he's pushing Jack Graham quite a bit. So I'm sure they are definitely in cahoots. Uh, at this point, when I was watching yeah. the movie, I was like, okay, what's going on there? But Wilder stuck to his guns. He said no. So the 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 warden's basically like, I don't give a shit. We're going to get this this guy to fucking get in a rodeo. So the guard wakes up Wilder and Pryor at 4 a.m. And they both start peeing in the toilet at the same time. And, of course, Pryor accidentally kind of does a little twinkle on Wilder. <laughs> this is yeah this is the uh second movie where two grown men uh one of the guys peed on the other one because i also did up in smoke where there's a lot of peeing on people so yeah Yeah, i guess it's just a thing you know you can't avoid it it's funny it's comedy getting peed (laughs) on is fucking funny it's always gonna be funny so uh i don't know about that well i mean it depends (laughs) i mean (laughs) it's on this it depends on the situation if you're the peer it's funny (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah of course all right 
<laughs> so, so basically, the guards have them doing some hard labor work now because they're punishing them for not hard labor, <clears throat> digging ditches, unloading, reloading these heavy ass bags. And yep, shit. and and then it's time to get some water, and they have the whole like giant soup spoon, but it's like. It's like a big ladle, but there's holes in the bottom, so they can't get water in. And there's a whole bit with Pryor trying to get water and <laughs> trying to drink the water, but yeah. it's falling out the bottom. It's good shit. Yeah, and then the prisoners internet because like the prisoners switched out the ladle. He because they were giving out water in a proper, fully bottomed uh, ladle, and then when it came to Pryor and Wilder's turn, they, he was like, "Okay, here's one." So they're just specially it. fucking with them, you know, trying to get yeah. get trying to get them to basically agree, and. Trying to make them make them crack. Yeah, trying to sure. make them crack. And Wilder seems to be doing just fine at first because uh, they're getting back to the cell. Pryor's dying. He's just like, holy shit, what happened? But Pryor's doing like the, like he's trying to act like a Zen weird Buddhist kung fu. He's like, yeah. like he's doing all these sounds. He's like the happiest he could be. <laughs> he's know? like, ah, like doing like all these meditation tones yeah very very at peace with what oh my god it's so weird and then as soon as they walk away he like falls apart and then they start coming back around and he gets back into the zen mode and then they walk away and he falls apart again it's so good classic wilder he's just making crazy faces and sounds i didn't even know he had all that in him like it'd been a while since i've seen him in a movie and i'm like man i forgot how freaking genius this dude was Oh, he's a genius. Oh, God. Because so, he can be so articulate and charming and then at the same time be an absolute bonkers maniac person, like a cartoon human. It, yeah. It's, it's magical, to be honest. Uh, so then uh, they now that the guards saw that that didn't quite work, the guards come back again in the morning to wake them up. And, of course, they are falling apart. Craig, uh, I think there's like a moment where Pryor puts in – I think – I think it is that Wilder has his leg in one of the pant legs and then Pryor puts his leg in the other pant leg, but then he feels Wilder's leg because he's half asleep. And he's like, I yeah. can't feel my leg. I can't feel my leg. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good little bit. Uh, Craig, uh, Craig T. Nelson stops uh, Wilder while walking in the prison and tells him uh, he's walking on the wrong side of the line. So he has the guards wrangle him up. Obviously, he's just looking for an excuse to get him. They put Wilder in yeah. shackles, suspended in midair, which looks torturous as hell. Like his feet are chained. Fucking torture. Yeah. Like it was. I couldn't believe that they would. I mean, obviously, they're trying to break him. Uh, but it just looks so fucking painful. He's hanging wrist to wrist on the ceiling, and then his ankles are uh, buckled down to the ground. Could you imagine our th- stretched you, out? They stretched him. Could the you fuck imagine out. our thick ass fall like hanging from those cuffs, bro? Like I, my hands would just Jeez. turn blue. Like they would probably fall off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was. It looks torturous as hell. But they come back to get Wilder, and they let him out. And they let him down, and he's like, "Guys, got my back issues all gone. Eleven years, <laughs> my eleven-year-old back problem is cured, which is fucking so great. It's so man. good. Like this guy's just—they cannot get through. They can't break him. They can't break him. They cannot break him, which I fucking—I I love. I would have broke. Oh my quick. god, I would have broke. Would do whatever. Like I don't have that in, in me. So to see somebody like do this, like Wilder was. Uh, it was very yeah, it's, it's. I mean, I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to do anything with it. But I'm <laughs> yeah, 
it's kind of amazing <laughs> because he stuck to his he stuck to his guns. His his homies told him, "Hey, man, tough it out." Because the longer you tough yeah. it out, the more you know negotiating power you're gonna have. So, yeah, he's tough. You know, he's being as tough as he can. Because they take it up a notch. They then lock Wilder in a little cubby outside for solitary confinement. A hot box. Uh, yeah, a little hot box, a hot box. Which I don't think they have that anymore, right? Like that's maybe in Russia and <laughs> some other countries, but. I don't think they have a lot of things that they did on this. Yeah, like anymore, damn, man. bro. <laughs> like shit, I couldn't have that that part would have broke me. Like I could not be stuck inside a little box outside in Arizona. Like and I think they left them yeah. in there for like a day or two or something. Well, it's supposed to be five days, I think. It was supposed what? to be five, like, days? Yeah, five oh days. Oh my god. And then so they come back. <laughs> they come back and Wilder just pops his head out. He's like, Oh, come on, guys. One He's more like, day. Come on. One more day, please. I was just beginning to get into. Yeah, he's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he had like a, he had a fucking experience in that bitch. Oh man, yeah. so good. And then Pryor is uh, they well they start bringing him back to the cell, and you see Pryor, and he's stuck in inside the cell with Grossberger is there. Oh shit. Yeah, they move Grossberger into their small two man. Oh cell. man, it looks it's looking terrifying. You see Pryor stuck between Grossberger and the top bunk, and he's just mumbling out of fear. He's already crying. He is. He's already crying. He doesn't know what Grossberger wants. Grossberger keeps putting his weight onto him, <laughs> like just smashing him between the bed. Oh, it's so good. And uh, it's yeah. so good. The the guards are just sure, like, oh, Gross- Grossberger will kill their ass if anything happens. We'll just ship them back to New York City. But the guards get back to the cell, and uh, no, they're they're playing cards. <laughs> so- they tamed him. How the fuck do they tame Grossberger? How like how do you get to a guy like that? And then how do you get him like, okay, let's just all sit on the ground. And play uh, that will forever be a mystery, man, because I have no idea. He went from being basically a, like, didn't say any words, unintelligible animal to playing cards. But uh, playing I don't cards. know. I don't get it. But it's really funny because he, they're coming in and Wilder's like, if you could just give us a little more time. We tried playing charades. He didn't get it. He did, but, but we're playing cards now. And we're trying to teach him. It's so funny. So the the guards are like, my God, what the hell can we do to get these dudes to freaking to to listen? Right. So so now Grossberger's yeah, part of the now Grossberger he's part of the team, and the lawyer. Now we're we're with the the lawyer's cousin Meredith comes around and is apparently helping with the case. We're in the little meeting area where they can talk and stuff. Wilder says that there's. Um, he says, "There's hardly any resemblance between the lawyer, the the, the lawyer, oh, <laughs> and yeah, her, because yeah, yeah. she's she looks pretty, you know, she's like '80s hot, and uh, and the lawyer looks like I don't know a young Eugene Levy with a mustache. I don't know. He just looks, yeah, oof, oof. <laughs> he's a Brooks, right? He's a he's a is he part of is the Brooks he? family? I don't. He could be. I don't know. I didn't even look that up. I don't. Know. He he look he looks like a lawyer. So. Yes, he looks like a lawyer. He's got a little poofy hair. It's fantastic with a bushy mustache, and he does have a decent mustache. I'll give him that. You know, we we try to yeah, we try to re- supporting yeah mustache. we try to recognize them when they come around. And uh, the lawyer asks Wilder how things are coming along. Wilder says that he thinks more Americans should spend more time behind bars to understand <laughs> yeah. how it is in prison. And the lawyer says, "Well, more Americans probably will." <laughs> oh, that was such a great fucking back and forth. 
That's another good one, man. Oh. Another one. That was so fucking good. Because he's, he's just like, oh, yeah, if, if people really understood the prison system, they might, you know, have a better understanding of, like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> he's like, more, uh, more Americans should really spend time behind bars. And the lawyer's like, uh, I'm pretty sure more <laughs> Americans will. <laughs> Which is so Yeah, funny. dude, the lawyer gives that line so well. So it turns out that that little girl that we talked about, the ginger, had saw, you know, that saw them singing and do the dance and stuff, she said that she noticed that those weren't the same guys. She saw the woodpecker guy with the tattoo, but yep, yeah. Tattoo. But the cousin says that they're uh, they're gonna. Oh, the cousin says that she's gonna try to get a part time job at a raunchy strip club in town where I guess tattooed guys hang out. They all just <laughs> well, yeah. So the one raunchy play, and that's that's like part of her like undercover lawyer. She's like a PI almost too. Yeah. Fuck. I guess she's like a private like, investigator. I, it just didn't make it just didn't make any sense. Like, oh, to help your case, I'm gonna be a part time waitress at a place where tattoo people go. The one place yeah. in Arizona where tattoo. She really people rolled go. the dice. Well, I'm figuring she's focusing on Glenboro, and it seems like a small town. So maybe there's like, but I would think even in a small town, you still have like three or four bars that guys with tattoos might hang out at so i was still even skeptical about that i was like yeah i don't know but she is very yeah. dedicated i'll give her that i mean for a social worker she's trying holy she's shit trying. she really believes these guys that they're that they're innocent but unfortunately the court has said that the little girl's information doesn't justify a new hearing but the lawyer thinks that they can get it approved through all the legal jargon and uh, then all of a sudden but wilder doesn't care about that shit he's so distracted by the hotness of the cousin that he asks about yeah uh he's like romances between prisoners and girls on the outside world he asks her if she says um he asks her what she feels about that if she thinks it's possible to have a romance with a prisoner and she just says she's like not she's at like, all absolutely not 100 <laughs> percent denied not about like oh well, we'll yeah you know like just no nope, talk about nope, the instant shutdown man boom and uh, yeah. now we're back at the warden's office. Craig T. Nelson's in trouble because he hasn't been able to get this motherfucker to say yes to the rodeo. He's like, I feel like he would have broke, you know, since he's from the East and, you know, he should have been a little softer in the crotch. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, shit. God damn, man. They are fucked up to people in the East here. And uh, the warden says, he's soft, all right. You just got to know where to kick him. I like that line. That's a good line. <laughs> And uh, now the guards are grabbing Pryor, and they're taking him to the infirmary. He runs into a dude. It's such a random scene. He runs into this cool cat, and uh, he and the guy asks him what he's in for. And the dude ends up telling him that he came in for a hernia operation, but they took one of his nuts away. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, it was a, a Korean doctor that messed him up, and he said uh, to make sure. He's like, just make sure. Just make sure you don't get him because he's the one that messed me up. He made the mistake on me. But then right at that same moment, uh, Pryor freaks out because he sees the dude who's like in all this like bandages and shit. He's got like a tube going down his throat. And he's like, what the hell is that? He's like, oh, that guy's just being force fed. He's been on a hunger strike, but he's going to be electrocuted next month. So it's just like stuff piling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like they're putting all this money to keep him alive just so they can kill him properly <laughs> so then all of a sudden the korean doctor sneaks up on prior and he says mr frazier how do you go <laughs> but, but you know what i'll give this movie credit they could have made that line and the way that it was delivered way more racist i thought that uh considering the time that it was made i was like hey man like they actually had a korean guy just simply say mr frazier how do you go like there wasn't it wasn't over yeah. the top you know <laughs> Yeah, because now now you'll hear, like for some, I'm just from a, an aside. I could I could be wrong, 
but I feel like Asian accents are the thing that, like, for some reason, people feel like they can just do willy nilly still. Like, and maybe sometimes yeah, Chicano accents that, that's too. That's still on the board. Yeah. Well, yeah. People people could do Chicano. And I don't mind that. I don't mind accents. You know, if it's done right, it's done. If it's funny, yeah. To me, you if know, you like, do I'm the accent it. and it's and it's hilarious or it's supposed to be a joke, I think it's. It, I I don't mind. I think it's funny. But yeah, it's like anything. If it's funny, okay, I get it. But if you're just doing a Chicano accent for funs, I'm just like, all right, bro. Like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you tried enjoy yourself but yeah like i got it made me laugh it was really funny and the, the the korean doctor comes up and wilder freak i mean not wilder uh prior freaks the hell out and he runs out of the infirmary there's no guards there <laughs> like he's just able to run out and it's so weird like this is definitely like a scene that didn't have to oh be no in the movie this could have taken tw- like 10 minutes away it i don't even know why he got sent to the infirmary did they did they ever i think they that? were trying to I think they wanted to fuck with him to to hurt oh, just Wilder. To fuck with him. Because they knew okay. they knew that they were best friends. I think that's what the warden was trying to say. If you want to, he's soft because he's close to this dude. And if we fuck with him, then we're fucking with Wilder. So I think that was the whole point of it. But the scene feels very much cocaine driven. Like there was definitely a writer f- like who did three or four lines. He's like, fuck that, fuck that, fuck that. He's in a he's in an infirmary. Yeah. <laughs> there's yeah. like there's a korean doctor right and he took his dude's balls and the balls are <laughs> like it just feels insane i'm like uh this didn't really have to be there but didn't have to be but there. you know yeah. definitely pretty fatty of the yeah the um and we'll just you know we'll, <laughs> we'll move on as well <laughs> from, from yeah, yeah. we see uh we see now we see wilder speaking to the warden and uh, I think now we're at the point where he feels he can uh, arrange the favor that he's, you know, he's going to be asking for. And the warden does agree. The, the warden's like, yeah, cool. We'll do that. And he expects, he says something about, I don't know if you have this line, but he expects Wilder to go balls out at the rodeo. And Wilder says something like, I only go balls out or something like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, what the hell? So the the warden wants the the guards on them the whole every minute because he knows he's kind of suspicious. Like, why does he want these specific guys to go out there with them? And I think they decide to send yeah. to have Graham and Blade specifically watching watching them. Which is so weird. They're gonna have guys on the inside team up with them to help. Yeah, them. it's like they're on the you payroll know? or something. Something yeah. like that. I guess they're protected. That's why Blade and Graham can do whatever they want, but they're definitely doing favors. I'm sure it's like, you know, there's money and drugs going through, and I'm sure they're paying off the warden. But uh, we're we're back in the outside of the courtyard. We see Blade coming up to the guys to give them shit about kissing the warden's ass and going to the rodeo. And uh, this is when we find, you know, this is when I started coming up with the conclusion, too. Like, they must be informants or something. And Wilder's really yeah. funny because he retorts by saying, we we aren't sucking up. We're, we're just having a little fun. We, we showed some aptitude for this. <laughs> yeah. Blade's like, aptitude? What the fuck? <laughs> but it was so good. And uh, Craig T. Nelson tells uh, Graham that he may be going into the rodeo, but it don't mean he's coming out. So, uh, yeah, they're yeah. planning on fucking this dude up out there and uh yeah which is pretty fucked up because if their joe wins at the rodeo then they get money but he's like i'd rather him be dead than win all that money. yeah and like craig t nelson's like i'd rather my my lover graham be on that horse i'd rather <laughs> yeah. lose my my boy yeah we gotta 
What do you, what do you say uh, 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 when you accuse, not accuse somebody, but uh, to stay on the safe side? Like, uh, yeah, apparently. Because <laughs> like, you know? it is really weird, man. Like, I don't understand this connection these two guys have. They never explain it in the movie because we just, there's not enough time. We've already, <laughs> it's already a two hour movie. We don't have time. But yeah, he's, he's yeah. backing up Graham the whole way. They're working together in cahoots. And we're at the rodeo and we see Wilder doing his crazy weird shit. He's speaking to a horse. And uh, he's like, look at you. Look at you so beautiful water's all confident that he can jump on the horse even though he's i think he says he's never properly ridden a horse before <laughs> which yeah. is yeah he has no idea what he's doing like the the whole mechanical bull was a fluke but yeah it, he's i guess he's a prodigy you know like he just puts his hands on something that motherfucker can hold on for life dear life and not yeah. fall off he ends up he he gets on the horse but he ends up getting thrown off like a son of a bitch and the team comes up to help him. Grossberger even picks him up on his. He like folds. He like picks him up like like a hero. Like yeah, a like baby. a big. Yeah, like a little baby. <laughs> and and I think Wilder says something like, "No, I just needed a fall. Like I just wanted to fall, just feel how it felt. Like it's just part of the process." I'm like, "All right, okay. He's he's taking this shit serious. Like he's ready to roll." And now yeah. we run into Blade, who's giving Pryor some some bull talk. He's he's basically trying to terrify Pryor. He tells him that bulls are incredibly dangerous, and Pryor is going to be a rodeo clown in this scenario at the rodeo, and he needs to protect the bull rider at all times because that's his job. Even if he's got to take a hit from the bull, you know, yeah. to save the rider because that's the most important aspect of the rodeo. And Pryor's like, uh, what, what about balloons and stuff? Like, I thought that's what I was going to be doing. <laughs> <laughs> he yeah, didn't realize yeah, yeah. what a fucking rodeo clown is he just thought he was gonna be a regular ass clown and blade tells him like um bro blade says something he has a good light here where he says yeah man i'll, I'll teach you up the proper way to lie on a stretcher when they come back to pick you up <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i thought that was so good that's so funny like we'll practice how to load yourself with the <laughs> <laughs> like, he's just like fucking with them he tells them that every bull has a secret word that makes him crazy so he tells prior you got to figure it out and he opens the gate so the bull's just chilling and he's like he's like bull uh rumple still skin malt malt liquor <laughs> he's like trying all this shit but then he says well shit and as soon as he says shit bull comes at him and uh we that's the yep, word that's the word and we cut from there and we see rory and it looks like he's preparing for uh for the breakout you know he's got like a I think he's he's getting like some metal and some pieces and stuff that they're going to be cuz he's making yeah, the they're gathering supplies yeah cuz rory's in charge of all the engineering stuff of putting the getting the spurs and putting them all together and all that other stuff so he was able to get some some supplies like you said and we uh we then we see prior who's running from the bull like a motherfucker grossberger actually scares the bull away but i think he elbows prior in the head in the process or something i don't yeah yeah and he doesn't even no. notice it he doesn't even the dude's that big he doesn't even notice that he just oh, knocked man. another human being it's hilarious him. man and uh then rory hands grossberger a piece of metal um once they're back at the machine shop in the prison he gives him that that scrap metal that he found uh so he could start working on it there so it's sort of a mystery at this point we don't exactly know what they're trying to do but we'll find out pretty soon um you just see all this stuff the tricks and trades and their cigarettes for metal and pliers and knives yeah and man it's a whole thing it's it's like this out of it all being a comedy this is when like this is a serious moment like the ins and outs of how the trading system in the prison system yeah works, it's very know? uh sneaky sneaky man you gotta gotta keep it all hush hush and it's kind of amazing though that they're able to like get these 
you know to get to exchange these type of things because it's not like they're doing any small stuff like these are like pieces of metal and shit but yeah. uh now we see uh jesus they're, they're in the little meeting area and visitation area and we see jesus meeting up with his his wife i guess and then wilder comes in to speak to the lawyer and the cousin uh meredith i think her name was i keep calling her cousin yeah. and then, <laughs> the court so lazy about it and the the court <laughs> refuses to act on the little girl's words so water says uh doesn't look too good huh and water says that this uh might sound a little bit silly but have you seen a place in the sun he tells meredith and apparently it's her yeah. favorite movie they're like really pushing the whole like Wilder's in love with her, and he's just trying so hard yeah. to like extend that olive branch. Like, please be in love with me as well. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's so unnecessary. It's so a distraction from the story. But I guess like they have to like they have like a quota. You know how like Netflix, you have to hit a certain yes. thing to hit all the algorithms to get popular. I guess like there's a checklist in the '80s movies. Okay, like yes, this is prison. Yes, this is real. Yes, this is a bank robbery. But where can we put a love yeah love interest love interest yeah you gotta have a love interest in there and i I guess meredith is the one even though she has maybe five lines and um and so so yeah so they 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 have a little bit of a conversation there and it looks like wilder is very focused on love and he does want to get out and all but he can't help it he's really into her so we're back uh at wilder's cell which basically, at this point, I don't know if it's because they're competing in the rodeo, in the rodeo, so they're being treated like royalty. But th- this looks like a decent apartment in L.A. Now there's like it's like it'd be twenty five hundred per month in L.A., but here they have like a lamp and <laughs> yeah, they have stuff on the wall. They're doing some knitting stuff, and this is what what I mean. I get it. He's royalty. They want to give him whatever, but he has a guitar and how like i don't think you can have a guitar in prison like that could be a weapon that's strings could be used as a weapon for sure that's why i assume that oh they must be getting some like special treatment because they're competing in the rodeo so the warden wants them to be happy so he gives them yeah he gives them the guitar he they're um rory's like knitting and shit and we also find out here because he's singing some song called rodeo man he's like oh rodeo man i don't remember how it went but then we find out here that grossberger has the gentle voice of a goddamn angel which is beautiful well he he's in real life he's an opera oh no shit i didn't even know that or he was he was an opera singer the dude died young oh he died hella young i think this is like his his second of three movies uh, but yeah, he was a, he was a, a professional. Wow, professional. man, Patrick bringing in the real shit. As, as many of my listeners know, I do not do a lot of background, so I do always appreciate when someone brings it around. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome, <laughs> man. So then we see um, we hear them singing. Well, because okay, because the way it's shot, and I looked into it, because the way it's shot, it, it you, you can't tell. Because it doesn't look like the voice that's coming out of this person would be coming out of that person. It's very angelic, very soft, and you know all that yeah. all that stuff. But he's a big, huge monster of a guy, and so I was like, "What is that? Really? Is he really singing?" So I did a Google and found out about him. Oh, so you you were so like, "Wow, this guy actually produced that kind of quality sound," and it made you interested enough to go ahead and Google and dig in. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I like yeah. that. I like that. Yeah, I mean, I I was cut off guard as well. I was like, okay, but then at the same time, I was like, oh, of course, that the the big guy. But you're right. I sort of just took it for granted. Like, well, maybe he's just lip syncing, and they had someone else sing it 
you know so um i'm glad you let me know that that's cool man so we we see graham walking around now he's acting like a little bad he doesn't even have to be in a cell this motherfucker he's just walking around and craig t nelson eyeballs him and immediately has a horny face and he come he come, <laughs> he comes up to graham i think you're reading it <laughs> like, why can't they just be friends why can't we i just don't friends? trust this guy in <laughs> cahoots man i just yeah yeah, some, yeah yeah and they're they're, they're two in cahoots, cahoots. They're, and graham just gets to walk around and there's even kind of a thing because graham says uh you know they're supposed to be doing time and it's a damn vacation that they're having and nelson tells him relax relax yeah he's mad John. yeah yeah he's getting pissed off because they're getting all this special attention and he's used to getting all this special attention <laughs> <laughs> in, your, in your windows <laughs> and um nelson's like relax relax because wilder's gonna draw untamed in the bronco event so i guess untamed is the name of a badass horse i don't i think oh, that's what he says okay, so yeah i guess there, he's like don't worry we're he's gonna get his he's gonna get his up you know um uh what's it called uh, uh i don't know he's gonna get his fucking bullshit when he gets there <laughs> come up oh yeah, come yeah, up yeah. that's the word i was trying to think of it's come up and come so uh okay. so then all of a sudden guys and gals an hour and 22 minutes into this movie we get boobs <laughs> and let me, let me, let me <laughs> this is the scene however that happened just by by kismet or whatnot this is the only scene that i saw when i was yeah <laughs> You lucky son of a bitch! Uh, this is the only, this is the only scene that I remember seeing because I was like, "What is this movie?" <laughs> I was gonna, uh, I thought you were gonna say this so is yeah. the only scene your your wife came up into the room <laughs> while you were watching. <laughs> no, no, no. This this is the one that I remember seeing as a little kid. Well, because back in the eighties, man, like all movies had boobs in them, and uh, but you still remember. Yeah, no know? shit for sure, um, especially the horror movies. But uh, yeah. But th this bar, the bar setup, it's so weird. Like it's supposed, she's Meredith is supposed to be working at at a sketchy bar where only tattoo people go, and this bar doesn't look sketchy at all. And this is actually the first time I've seen that people be clapping uh, to the to the music. At a oh yeah, bar. this is uh, everyone's into the show here. Like it, this is a whole fucking thing. Like everyone's into it, and and they're. And I'm not talking a quick boob scene, y'all. Like, there's like they show like maybe three or four girls dancing with no their tops off. It's a whole thing. It is a very lively bar. Like, you know, usually, very usually there's lively, some sort yeah. of um, you can kind of feel the shame in the air when you go into most most you know stripper clubs and strip bars. This one, everyone's embracing it. They're like, hey, we all know what we're here for. Let's have a good time. Yeah, all all the lights are on. <laughs> it's incredibly smiling. bright. Even the strippers <laughs> yeah. are smiling, which is very yeah. weird. I'm not used to that. You know, they usually have they have the game face on, and I respect that. You know, you're here to you're here for a reason. I'm here for a reason. But everybody's oh, yeah. having a good time. Tops or no tops, they're just. Having I gotta a admit, blast. if this exists, uh, I wouldn't mind experiencing this aspect of a strip club as opposed to the ones I've experienced in the past, which are sometimes kind of creepy or sad or yeah it's just it yeah. just doesn't work out i've never had a super great time at those things but uh this one seems like a good time and what you know we have we have uh, meredith there she's looking for tattoo man she's still on the search it's like a where's waldo fucking book she's just trying to find a goddamn tattoo out of, out of all these tattoos out of all these she people, had a drawing yeah. i think she was looking for i a think tattoo. the kid drew it 
So she kind of knows what to look for, and she happens to see it finally. She sees the tattoo on one of the two dudes um, that took part in the freaking robbery in the beginning of the movie that we have not seen mm -hmm. since the beginning of the At first, I was like, oh, yeah, that's the... <laughs> Yeah, oh, I hadn't seen their are, faces yeah, in a yeah. fucking hour and twenty minutes, and uh, and so she immediately rushes to the phone and she tries to call. I think she tries to call the lawyer, but she's not able to get a hold. So then she calls. Um, I think she calls like the sheriff's department or something. She calls like yeah, she calls the sheriff uh, to get the info over to them. And then we see her rushing to the lawyer, who's a complete mess. And she tells him mm -hmm. uh, that she found out like, hey, I think one of your clients is in danger. I think they're going to try to kill one of your clients. We need to get over to this rodeo stadium now. And so they head out of this restaurant where she found him the next day, and they head out to the rodeo. It's a whole mm -hmm. thing, y'all. I don't, I don't know why we needed that either. It, it's, it's yeah, it's very quick. Uh, quick justice like we there's a break in the case we we solved it uh it was just so weird like the whole how he's not available or all that all that yeah, yeah i don't know if we needed all that could really could really cut that yeah cut that out you know <laughs> i didn't see the point of that we're at the rodeo now and there are uh cowboy hats as far as the eye can see it's now time for the top hand competition all the inmates have to wear striped uniforms they kind of look like those um those peanut butter bar wrappers that you get only during Halloween. <laughs> I don't know if you. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> we see Rory uh, taking off Wilder's spurs at the moment when he's he's getting ready to get on the horse and he's replacing them with other ones. And it turns out that those spurs that they're going to use are going to be sort of a tool uh, for them to get out. It's kind of awesome. Yeah. That's a pretty cool little idea. We now see Wilder on the horse, and it looks like Craig T. Nelson hits the horse right in the damn, like, I don't know, on the underside of it. He, like, shocks him with something. Like, he has, like, a little, like, the, the handshake buzzer. <laughs> yeah, or he's got something. a fucking Joker buzzer. Just, like, bam, he hits the fucking horse. He just he just shocks the hell out of the horse, so it makes him fucking Yeah, it makes crazy. the horse go insane. But, uh, you know, Wilder does a pretty good job. He manages to stay to stay on the horse pretty well. And then now we see, we have the current five-time champion, Cesar Geronimo, which is maybe the most made-up name I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they just call him caesar geronimo and uh apparently he got his he's in prison for like some cocaine shit he did in the border or something on the border or whatever and now we see the guys they're starting to remove the pallet of wood that they're going to use for the escape it's kind of in this little air bench sitting area it's like a yeah it's like a dugout area and they they start to uh to slowly unscrew that and I, and then they actually, I think we see Pryor and we see Rory get through there. And I would have probably taken off the clown outfit just because I feel like that shit is uncomfortable to have a fucking wig on. But they start going through there, man. They're like walking in. The guys are sneaking around trying to keep away from the guards. Rory is Rory goes yeah. up because you we don't know the plan. <laughs> so we no idea yeah that's the whole thing like they didn't map it out so they didn't like which i guess is cool like because you're just seeing it, it go out and play or be played yes. out right now but it's it's it wasn't an easy thing like there was a fucking maze that has a thing and then like pipes or not pipes but like you know like the yeah vent, like an vent air duct or something yeah yeah it was crazy you would think that they would need a run through like they just they they never been to this rodeo place before but somehow they knew where everything was where everything yeah supposed to be. yeah movies. movies because movies. this is definitely a blueprint situation i i don't know how you managed to figure this out without a blueprint because 
Pryor goes stays down low and he saws a piece of a it's kind of funny because he's he has a I think he has like a broom and he's he splits it open but it's yeah. actually a saw hidden inside and he starts sawing. Yeah, you unscrew it and the saw part comes out which I was like, "Oh, that's it so is pretty gangster, dope, man." That was that was a fucking great thing. I was like, "Man, but it, that's it is dangerous. dangerous. You could have the, you could find that in jail. <laughs> like, that's pretty it's fucking not- dangerous." But it was it was hella like hella like uh oh it was just so fucking gangster that that just screws out and the nail comes out and then you have to screw it back in so it stays. It's in the pretty place. dope, man. And then it's 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 it Very made genius. me laugh a little bit because I'm like, hey, hey, bro, you couldn't saw yourself a slightly larger hole into that wall. He like sawed like the smallest little hole, like it's very discreet. And I'm like, damn, is he gonna fit through that shit? <laughs> but he he, oh, he manages okay, to yeah. fit through it, and. Well, yeah, you got to understand. At this time, he was doing a lot of. Cocaine. Oh, that's true. So he was very thin, so he could. Fit He's like, I'm like a snake, gap. motherfucker. I'll just, <laughs> I'll bend my yeah, body. Yeah. Where there's a will, there's a way. <laughs> and uh, just beyond that, that hole, you see that there's a a grate that leads to the outside of the stadium. So man, he's right there. He unscrews that to get out, and we see that Jesus' wife is 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 in on on the whole thing, and she has a like a kettle popcorn cart that you would normally see at a carnival, and she puts that in, and there's like a little secret door. So boom, he goes through the grate, goes into the secret door, and then Rory is up, and he's going into that air duct system. We don't know where the fuck he's yeah. going, but he goes up. And the guards really suck. Like every now and then, the movie makes you think that they saw or heard something, but nothing happens. <laughs> yeah, it's very weird. Like they do show they 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 show uh, the guard on the screen looking as if he was looking at somebody, but then he just walks off as if he's not yeah. even noticing anybody trying yeah, to sneak out. Yeah, I think the, maybe like the area is known for paranormal activity, and they're like, I ain't fucking with that sound. I'm just not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And 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 the arena is very packed. It's the loud, are stomping yeah. and making noise and all that stuff. It's loud, so I get that. But I just didn't understand why they put in scenes like as if the yeah, and especially somebody. if you did look that direction. I mean, Pryor is wearing an orange wig, and like you, I feel like you would have seen him at some point. So yeah, yeah they. I think they're trying to make us think like some to add some sort of suspense or something but it was kind of an interesting way that they did that and now we see wilder getting ready to ride a bull this is the bull riding portion of the rodeo graham had put a lock on the gate to further irritate the bull because i guess when you're ready to get out with the bull you probably kind of spur them or something to get them hype and yeah. but they kept it closed and so the bull's getting super pissed and it's going back and forth and at the same time, we see Pryor, who is led out of the cart and into an RV, leaving a cowboy costume. <laughs> so now he's like in a full like cowboy getup. And uh, we see another guy that was in the RV that I guess is part of the operation, and he gets into he starts pushing the popcorn stand. Pryor and Jesus's wife. This is a lot, y'all. Pryor, <laughs> Pryor and Jesus's wife head to the stadium with a ticket uh yeah wilder uh kicks off kicks ass on the bull because i think i forgot to mention but Grossberger, right doesn't he go and he like kicks off the lock so that way the bull can get let loose he yanks it off with his oh hands. that's his right bare hands he yanks it yeah, off. yeah freaking Grossberger. Grossberger becomes like that silent hero guy who by the way yeah. doesn't and- get to leave <laughs> He doesn't leave. He wouldn't fit in any of the things. And and plus, I mean, I think the other guys are in there for just like minor things. So even if they do get busted, it's not that bad. But I think Grossberger is the only one. Oh, no, because Rory killed his family. Too, he killed his stepdad. stepdad. But like, I think 
Grossberger is what basically a. Um, I think um, Jesus is also bank robbery. Yeah, so bank robbers. We got one one killer, maybe justified. We don't know, uh, but yeah, Grossberger. He has no. He's not even trying no. to get away, which is weird because every scene that they have Grossberger save the day when he goes pick up Wilder when he fell off the bull the first time or fell off the horse the first time, and when they noticed that the door was locked, he was up and at him and at the gate. Yeah, like fast. he's incredibly loyal all of a sudden, and you it you feel like either. At the end of this movie, either Grossberger is going to die to save them or in some magical way he's going to get out as well. So I was kind of waiting for this to happen, but we'll see at the end what goes on. <laughs> so so yeah. uh, he ends up kind of – he does pull that lock off with his bare hands. You're right. I totally forgot about that. And the bull gets out. And you know what? Wilder does actually pretty good considering that the bull is extra pissed off and uh, he kicks some ass. But now it's Geronimo's turn and he's on the bull called uh, the Tornado, as people in the South say. And uh, we uh, <laughs> we now see uh, Jesus who escapes out the bottom near the bench uh, the same way the other guys have. And we see Jesus heading through the metal chute that Warrior went through. So we know all this is sort of part of the plan. Uh, apparently there's now at this point a hard money event that the two guys need to get uh i guess like a, they need to get a bag of cash that's going to be roped on on horns on the bull's uh horns and they need to pull that off i don't know yeah because it was supposed to be a tie or has he called a push or whatever and so but like they didn't want the one of the warden he didn't want it as a tie because one person oh, needs to win. okay we can't so have, it's like we a tiebreaker situation so that that was a tiebreaker. That was a sudden death thing. Is that they had to get the the money from the the dudes. Uh, the yeah, you gotta hit. love it, man. Uh, that would be insane to watch. I don't. Th- I don't think that's a real rodeo event, but that would be freaking dope. Because um, I honestly find yeah, rodeos yeah, kind of yeah. boring, but I think I would like to see some grown man try to try to get money from my angry ass bull. Oh shit! So. Uh, yeah, we see uh, some sneaky escape stuff happening in the restroom now with uh, Pryor and Jesus's wife because they lock the door, don't let anyone else in. Uh, which, by the way, I'm surprised at this. Like they're in there for a little bit, and you never hear a knock or nothing. You know, everyone's got to fucking take a piss or a shit or something. It's a goddamn rodeo, but uh, yeah. they're lucky. You know, they're in there now. Um, uh, what I do like, like, is, is every now and then I like to see some type of that would really happen in real life in movies so when uh jesus's wife is in the women's room right she thinks it's it's empty and so she goes to go lock the door and then she noticed that oh there's another there's somebody else in the stall and then she plays it off as if she's gonna go wash her hands yeah i don't know if you noticed that but they're like it wasn't that easy there was like a oops there's somebody else in here let me play this off she plays it off that person leaves without watching washing her hands uh COVID, <laughs> and then she goes and jesus's wife uh, yeah, I don't know if you heard me, but I said there's some sneaky escape stuff happening. That's exactly what I was talking about. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> but <laughs> but I I lazily just <laughs> called that sneaky escape stuff. But uh, I appreciate you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look, it's been two hours. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to work my way through this goddamn movie, <laughs> and so. Uh, <laughs> This podcast is actually longer. Yeah, than the movie, we, we're, so. yeah, it is. <laughs> but it's because we had a getting to we had we had a catching up part too. So we, you know, hey, yeah. who cares? Yeah, and we still got fifteen yeah, more minutes do. to go. <laughs> and so Wilder and uh, Geronimo are getting ready for the cash 
event. I actually really like this scene. They're both shirtless and oiled up. I don't even know what's going on. <laughs> Maybe they're supposed to be sweaty, yeah. but they look oiled. And uh, he says, uh, Wilder's being obnoxious as usual. He's like, is it true that you're an ass kisser? <laughs> <It's Ronald's laughs> yeah. Which is so weird. Like He's like, that's what I heard. But like, why I know, so man. It's so freaking hilarious. It's like he's trying to troll him, man. And this is before trolling was a uh, term. But that's basically what Wilder yeah. is. He's like a troll, man. He just pisses you off. And uh, Geronimo gets all mad. And he says, and I think Wilder says, don't get so touchy. I mean, I'm an ass kisser, too. I just... <laughs> Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. that's um that's when they he starts trying to basically tell geronimo like hey man we're doing all this shit and we're having our lives put at risk and it's just to get these two pricks more money you know so he's trying to mm-hmm. kind of uh, plant the seed i guess to hopefully geronimo will cause a distraction because he tells geronimo you go ahead and get the cash i'll distract the bull and geronimo's like what like are you serious and i think he's hoping that geronimo will create a distraction and give the cash out to all the inmates and shit because he he does offer that as an idea of what he should do is to give it to the prisoners yeah and so then that starts happening uh the bull's going insane and the fucking big ass bull like is the stunt people in this movie did a fantastic job because there's some like real shit happening with the bull (laughs) i'm like i hope nobody got fucking trampled but um hey man it's a rodeo like shit happens and uh that's the way it goes but we move from there and we see rory come out as a woman uh from the bathroom because they brought um uh jesus's wife brought a change of clothes for everybody they basically came came through and uh they're changing inside the stalls uh rory comes out as a woman jesus is in some western wear very natural very happy Haven't oh seen yeah rory this happy i think he feels comfortable movie, so. in his skin finally yeah it was nice. uh, that guy's great yeah. in Live this movie life. by the way I, I don't have his name um but he is he is really awesome as that character i think he was a musician too i'm not 100 percent. his name's uh uh-huh. george stanford brown but yeah he is really awesome he's really hilarious too um he's another one of those that doesn't really have jokes necessarily but he just delivers his lines and it's hilarious yeah, yeah he good has some lines. really good lines uh so yeah so they they start uh they start changing oh and i i'm not sure if i mentioned but they um they they came out of that same metal shoot or that whatever the venting or whatever he called it that that you saw Roy go through earlier they all came out of that into that bathroom so that's when they started changing and all that good stuff so yeah so it's all coming together mm. the plan is slowly <laughs> it's slowly it's very slowly yeah <laughs> it's slowly coming together geronimo is able to get the cash from the bull we're back in the in the rodeo he gets the cash and the warden looks pissed as fuck geronimo pissed because that, yeah. was, that was his money he went that was you know that belonged to him and he's giving away to yeah he, the he rips the tie off the bag uh, he throws it in the stands like a real badass and uh i think you hear the uh, by the way this whole time the announcer's saying a lot of really hilarious shit um but i just yeah great stuff i didn't catch it i didn't make notes of it but like when i was watching he was like right right on he was yeah he, was he does a bunch he, there's a lot of lines like while they're while prior and rory are going through the underneath the stadium there you just hear the announcer and he's saying some funny shit but i just was like i don't have time to write all that down but it was good um yeah, so then graham good. sees uh grossberger getting ready to let wilder into that same panel that everyone's been going under because wilder's kind of pretending like he's hurt and um 
And as he's coming up to them, Gross, uh, Grossberger just knocks him the hell out, no problem. Like one punch and he's done. So we get to see Graham get his ass, you know, I guess not his, not his ass will, but we get to see him get knocked out, which is fun. And then Wilder gets through, heads to the same popcorn stand that we saw that Vato get. And so now all the guys are out except Grossberger. <laughs> Because, like Patrick was saying, this motherfucker ain't going to fit through any tiny slots or holes or nothing like that. Yeah, he's not <laughs> this guy's one of those. He's got to do his time. I'm, yeah, I feel for the guy, man. Like, I'm, I'll, I'll be, I think if any like situation like this, I would be the ghost burger. <laughs> Just because I'm the bald, fat guy who's not going to fit into any vents. <laughs> well, I, I mean, we could grease you up a little bit. I mean, <laughs> you never know. <laughs> Story of my life, man. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, we see the squad head back into the RV, and they take off from the rodeo grounds from there. And we see the lawyer and, and um, I said Meredith. I keep forgetting her name. So yeah, they're heading to the rodeo to let the guys know what, uh, what happened. But they're a little too late. Um but at the same time, she sees the camper that they're in. Yeah, I think I was saying RV, but it's actually a camper. It's like a truck camper. It's a camper, yeah. And she sees it. And I I don't know, does she, what does she see? I guess, I don't know if she sees them in the window or something, but she sees them. Just at that time when they're about to pass, Wilder sticks his head out from like the curtain of the camper to the oh. truck or whatever. And she sees him, which is so like nobody nobody can see anybody inside anybody's car, but it's a movie. Yeah, and, and also the fact fine. that she wrecks and her so, car and hits like two other cars. And <laughs> Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Causes mm-hmm. an accident, uh, you know. Uh, and then they leave the scene, which is so weird. They're they're trying to. Uh, well, we haven't got there yet, but uh, but yeah, leave, they left the uh, the yeah. Action, they the left scene the of the scene crime. of the crime, and she starts chasing after them. And uh, Jesus and the family apparently, because uh, they get to like a little. Uh, the guys get over to some garage area, and yeah, a little garage, bending garage. Yeah. And Jesus and the family are going to be going to Veracruz. And Pryor asks if they could go with them, and Rory kisses him and says, "Try to be brave, sweet pants." <laughs> kisses him right in the Rory mouth. Finally gets what yep, he wants. Gives him a little sugar. Congratulations, we... <laughs> there you go, Rory. <laughs> it's really funny because uh, you see, you see Pryor's like, "He kissed me, that motherfucker, kissed me." <laughs> He's all pissed off and shit. Yeah. And but at the same time, you kind of get the feeling maybe he liked it a little bit. It's still love. Oh, in in real life. Yeah, in real really life. Like yeah, you. Prior yeah, got he got down. down. Like he didn't that. give a shit. Love is love, baby. But for the movie, Harry, the character Harry, not a fan. Not a fan. <laughs> we we see Meredith tracking them down, and they they stop uh, right as they pass each other. And Meredith says that they had caught the two guys that actually did the the robbery, and that they. So it turns out they actually didn't have to break out of prison. They were going to be let out. <laughs> okay. Okay, so this is where I'm fuck? just like, what the fuck? All this time, the lawyer and Meredith, who's just a social worker helping out his her cousin, got this case open and closed. They caught the guys throughout all this, the yeah. whole time. You know what I mean? Like, the, <laughs> they caught these guys faster than uh, yeah. anything. Then this whole breakout happened. And then she just goes, oh, y'all are free. Which... That wouldn't no. have happened. I mean, they they now they busted out of jail. Yeah, they're free. Yeah, they they caught the real guys, but they really busted out of jail when they yeah, were. Yeah, technically, to. what I thought was going to happen was okay. They got their homies out who weren't 
necessarily innocent and so cool they get out free then i thought that Pryor and Wilder were going to then go back to the rodeo and get back through, go have to go back through the whole thing and get back into the stadium. So then that, that way they can be, yeah, act yes, like act never like they left. never left. But no, nah, they're just like, <laughs> and that's yeah. what they should have done. That's what they should have done. But again, we're at the hour and 50 minute mark. They're like, yeah. dude, let's just wrap it, you know? <laughs> Like, yeah, there's an open road right there. It's going to make a perfect end credit scene. Let's get the fuck out of this shit. And, uh, yeah, so, so yeah, they're free. They're free to go. Like, hey, man, she's... They're officially free. They caught the bad guys. The, the bad guys are... The real bad guys are in jail. And now the good guys, the innocent man, yeah. are free. Unofficially, yep. officially. Except for Grossberger. He needs to suffer for the rest of his life because he's... He's well, a serial he killed, killer. He, he, killed, he killed his family. And he's a serial killer with like a heart. And uh, <laughs> yeah. And why, but it, it, it's fine because he died when he was thirty-four in real life, so he didn't. He didn't. He didn't suffer long. <laughs> so you're saying that if he was in prison, he was just gonna die <laughs> not long after. <laughs> oh long my after god! That, yeah. So Wilder uh, shakes uh, the uh, Meredith's hand extra long because they're thanking them for everything they did. Obviously, I mean it's awesome that they got him out of prison, and he's like just kind of looking at her like I don't want to let you go. And then he gives her a, a Willy Wonka kiss, and then he eats her face. He, this is what bugs me: long kiss. Wilder never closed his eyes. Yeah, yeah. That's psycho. Yeah, shit. I, I'm. That was but that ending was so bizarre to me because his <laughs> eyes are open. He, he's just staring at her like who, who kisses like that? Like what if she op- like not that she's supposed to, but what if she opened her eyes? She's like, what the <laughs> he's fuck like, oh, just you know, <laughs> like so close. It was it just that shit bugged me. That sh- that that shit. So much of the ending just bothered me, and then I was like, he don't fucking close his <laughs> eyes when he kisses. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't even notice that, dude. Like, I'm gonna have to look back and see that again because I did not notice that, dude. Little shit like that. Oh bugs my god! The hell out of me. Like, we. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't. It bugs the hell it. out of me that you got rid of your drum set just because you weren't playing in bands. That bugs the hell. Out of me. <laughs> <laughs> I live in a very small. But apartment. anyway, I didn't have room for it. <laughs> <laughs> And you know what bugged bugged the hell out of me because you mentioned that like literally two hours ago, <laughs> and I brought it back up. <laughs> oh my god, what is wrong with me? Yeah, that's called that's what we call in comedy a callback. Oh, that is a callback, <laughs> baby. So the guys then head out uh, in their getaway car, but just before they get too far, they stop, and he tells Meredith. Come with me so you can catch the opening night of whatever fucking play he's going to be writing from this whole story. And she's like, oh, I'm still invited? He's like, of course. And so she jumps into the car. Yeah, like, what? what is it? I'm still invited. <laughs> I, yes, of course. I invited you when I was in jail. What do you mean? Like, it's not over. Yes, this is the most. Uh, it's a very you know? cheesy movie ending, but they all get into the car. They ride into the sunset. Movie fucking over. And I don't think there's, like, some kind of end credit scene i didn't stick around for it but i i couldn't i couldn't i i tapped out when he didn't uh because i'm gonna be kind of pissed off if there is and maybe there's a grossman scene or grossberger scene i hope oh well i don't think they did that after credit scene i'm 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 i'll I'll check it out again oh okay oh nice (laughs) thanks let me let me ask you why is it called stir crazy i think the whole concept was supposed to be 
Okay, so you know the scene that we both said was really awesome, and it was a scene where they start kind of losing their minds a little bit? The whole movie, I think, was revolved around these two guys are in prison, and they're not supposed to be, so they go crazy. <laughs> I think that's... I don't know. I don't know. That's kind of... Because str- the other ones are kind of like... The, the titles make sense. The Silver Streak makes sense. The, uh, the See No Evil, Hear No Evil, that... That's right on, right the, on nose. the nose. Yeah. What, what that movie's about. But Stir Crazy, I just didn't get. I didn't understand why they called it Stir Crazy. I, I, I don't know what I would call this movie, but I don't know if Stir Crazy kind of like. Yeah, I would have called it. Like, well, the thing that bothered me about um, the, the title was the fact that not only was the title not relative to what happens in the movie, but the, the poster isn't either. Like, I had no idea we were going to be spending so much time in a prison. You know, I did yeah. not expect that. Yeah, because the the birds were on the poster, which was like pretty crazy. That's a crazy, that's yeah. a crazy poster. But uh, it, maybe I don't know. Maybe if if we could go back and rename it, it should be called Tough Break. Yeah, Tough Break would be nice. I like Tough Break. Right, that kind of makes sense. Tough Break or uh, Crazy Break. I, I don't I, I don't get the stir crazy part of it, but that's just me. I don't know. It was a good movie though. So many great. Uh, lines that second time, third time you'll you'll hit you'll hit it. Uh, I mean, yeah, man, so, I do uh, enjoy it. But before before movie, you get man. too much to the to the end there, let me say that this movie was absolutely filled with interesting characters and dare I say, very memorable characters. This next segment is called mm. Quick Impressions. <laughs> <laughs> Quick impressions. Uh, Get on the ball. Get on the ball. Get on the ball. (gasps) (laughs) Is that what that is? I didn't know. Oh, is that a recreational activity? I was hoping for volleyball or tennis. Get on the ball. Get on the ball. Get on the ball. Oh. Is that what that is? I didn't know. Is that a recreational activity? I was hoping for volleyball or tennis. All right, I hope you enjoyed that quick impression. Uh, We are now into the rating section. As you all know, I rate my movies by my favorite mustaches. We have the full Fu Manchu rating, which is awesome, hell of a movie. We have the walrus mustache, which is a pretty damn good movie. Then we have the horseshoe mustache, which is eh. And then we have the toothbrush mustache, the Hitler mustache, which is burn this bitch in hell. Uh, Patrick, uh, would you like to give us a uh, rating for for this uh, for this movie? I like I like the right. Warris one just because I like the description of that one. Uh, I, I like I like this movie, man. It, it was a little bit long, and I wouldn't have mind the time of it if I didn't have to take notes. This is the first time I oh yeah, notes it's, at a movie. it's a bitch. <laughs> Uh, so if I didn't, if it wasn't like for a project or to study it, man, I, I, I love this. I would warish the fuck yeah. out of this movie. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, for sure. I, yeah, I, I, I honestly it. I do. It. I, yes, it is. You're completely right. I think we, we've shared that same opinion throughout this whole experience. This movie is a little too long. This podcast is a little too long, but I don't give a shit. I'm having a good time. 
sorry, <laughs> I'm having a good time. But uh, but yes, I give it a solid, a solid walrus mustache because it honestly did make me laugh out loud. I had a great time with it. The jokes come a million miles a minute. And I really enjoyed the um, – they just have such good chemistry. You know, Richard Pryor – has such good chemistry uh, with Wilder, like, and I love seeing them together. A lot of good supporting cast members. It was just a good time. So yeah, full Walrus mustache on my end. Um, so as we close this podcast out, Patrick, do you have any plugs uh, for the listeners out there? Social media, your show, all that good stuff. Cool, man. Uh, well, thanks for doing this, man. I, I mean, thanks for letting me oh, do yeah. this. It was a lot of fun. Um, right now, I'm doing the the Babaco Core podcast. It started off as uh, I was doing interviews and, and having people come on and, and just fucking chewing the fat and and, uh, and chopping up with them. Since all this popped off, I'm just doing solo episodes. Um, it it is yeah. what it is, you know. I'm trying to have fun with it. Um, I'm treating them like open mics since I'm not doing open mics. There's no open mic, so I'm just trying to uh, press record and talk shit and see if I could find anything funny that could take the stage whenever comedy becomes <laughs> legal again. Um, so it's the Babaco Core podcast on all your uh, the, the platforms that are available. Uh, social media, uh, your homie Pat, uh, Twitter and Instagram, uh, Facebook. I'm there, but you know it's all it's all <laughs> fake. Uh, but man, this is seriously a blast. I was I was nervous. I'm not gonna lie. I was nervous as fuck because this is the first prepared podcast that I had to do. Usually we just sit down and talk shit and hopefully, whatever happens happens. Uh, but I had some homework and uh, it was it was honestly a good time. Hell yeah, it, it man! I'm so time. glad that you're able to come on. I definitely want to bring you on at some point again because I I think it's uh, really great to to speak to you. I think you're freaking funny as hell too. So uh, and I actually have been listening to your solo episodes uh at least the the couple that the uh, last two maybe that you've brought out and i thought they were funny i like the one the last one i think you were talking about your labor day weekend and that was a good time just to kind of see how miserable you are and shit <laughs> uh, so as you all know you can uh, follow the show at mustachioed podcastio m-o-u-s-t-a-s-i-o on instagram you can find me on twitter at m podcastio and hey you know if you like the show like if you really love it like you're having a really fucking good time leave me a five-star review if you're not having a good time fuck off you know just don't leave a review why waste your time just send me a direct <laughs> message and we can talk about it all right y'all thank you so much for listening in. Patrick, tell everybody bye. Later. Later.